Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One. And this is episode number... What episode is this, Cam? 60. Episode number 60. Yeah. Man, if you uh, caught our last episode... Wait, who was our last episode? Angel. Oh, that was Angel. Angel Cortez. From Gangbanger to Army Ranger. Uh, definitely was a good story. Episode 59, catch him. Uh, check out his brand, OG Pumpkin, uh, Defense Strategies Group. Uh, doing big things, man. Angel's a good dude. I really like that story. If you haven't caught that, make sure you check it out. Uh, secondly, Camel's been bugging me. So we got we, we have merch, okay? We have street gospel t-shirts. So we need to start getting those out more. So if you check out the link below, it's in SaviorBrand.com. You can pick up a Street Gospel Podcast shirt. We'd appreciate it. You know, uh, there is some, there is a little bit of uh, money that goes into this podcast, and uh, we can use some support. So, if you want to pick up a shirt, check it out. They're inexpensive, but you could uh, rep the rep the podcast. Show a little re- support for us. Thirdly, Camel been getting on me about this, and we're gonna put the link down below. Uh, you can support us every month. Uh, we have people that support us right now. Got some great supporters. So if you go to anchor.fm, we'll put the link below. There is a uh, uh, support tab. And you can go in there. And once a month, you can do $0.99, cents, $4.99, $9.99. Uh, that helps. So we got some good supporters now. Uh, but we could always use more. So check out the links below. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And uh, it does go towards the podcast and just funding the podcast because it, it, it takes a little bit of a little bit of money, and uh, you know, we, we Cam needs to get paid one of these days. <laughs> He's working for food and shelter right now, right, Camel? I mean, so I like to hook him up once in a while. But, anyways, we got to get down to the business today. Uh, we have a guest that came in today, and you know, I got to play just a just a little bit of music for my guest as we announce him. So, I met this dude. Uh, it's got to be over ten years ago. It's probably like 12, 13 years ago. A solid guy. Uh, we'll talk about that story, how we met. It's kind of funny. And uh, he's an artist. He's a family man. Can you believe that? He's a ex-street guy. But if you see him, he looks still kind of intimidating. But he's probably one of the nicest, most generous guys that you know. You, you don't want to be on his bad side for sure. But if you're on his good side, he's always going to look out for you. He's an artist, a tattoo artist. I mean... He's not your average artist because he does tattoos and then he does fine art. If you go to his studio, yes, he has his own studio. You're going to see a lot of good, great, fine art at his studio. Uh, he has a bunch of business ventures. We'll probably talk about that yep, because yep. he got a lot of stuff going on. But I want to welcome to the Street Gospel Podcast, my longtime friend, Big Sleeps. What up, what up? How you doing? What's up, man? What's up? I'm glad to be here, brother. Glad okay, to be here, man. So we finally made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short is this. We, uh, when I st- we and Camel started the podcast, we were trying to say, well, who's going to be our first guest? Who could be our first guest? Get us, get us going. And uh, we kind of both were like, well, what about Big Sleeps? And I was like, 
that would be great if we can get big sleeps, man. If big sleeps comes through to the podcast, it'd be great. It didn't work out, and it probably didn't work out for the best, right? Yep, yep. Uh, you had things going on. You were busy. Uh, we didn't have the best equipment. Me and Kevin were talking about that. We didn't have the best stuff, bro. So uh, it probably wouldn't have been a good look. You probably would have been like, I'm not reposting that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it kind of came together, and it, it came together fast, right? Yeah, it did, man. It came together pretty fast. I hit you up the other day, and you were just like, well, let's do it. And I was like, oh, okay. It's been on my mind, man. Honestly, like I said, I'm, I've been hit up for a few podcasts recently, and I'm like, I gave Dave my word. His podcast will be the first one I do. So here we are, man. My first actual podcast where I'm sitting down having a nice conversation with someone. That's dope. Right here at Street Gospel, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. It, it means a lot because there is a lot of podcasts out there right now in the in, in, in the realm of, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of good people out there. They're yeah. trying to do the good things, and, and podcasts are popular. Uh, you can broadcast from anywhere to everywhere, right? And uh, but I appreciate that you came through because uh, I know a lot of people have been knocking on your door to be on their podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. You finally made it. Yeah, I'm glad, man. I'm honored to be here. We're good friends, you know. It's been a long time coming, man. So I'm ready just to chop it up with you, brother. So I was I was thinking back the first time we met, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I know we talked about this story yeah, before a couple times. So we our, our mutual friend Ralph, or actually AB. Yep. AB's good friends with Ralph. I know AB for a little while too. And Ralph gets your 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 lettering book. Probably one of the first ones, right? Yep. Yeah. One of the first lettering books. I have my brand, Save Your Brand. And Ralph makes me some letters off of uh the, re- the reference book, right? Yeah, the reference book. <laughs> and then so he makes some letters for me and then uh he puts it out there. He he gives it to me. I'm gonna put it on a shirt. Put it out there, and then he's like, "Hey, man, uh, sleeps wasn't really like feeling feeling that." I go, oh, "What do you mean, dude?" And I didn't know you from, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I was like, "What do you mean?" Like, he goes, "I had to explain him like this is a reference book, and I kind of reference the letter off his letters, but you know, I made them your 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 you know your my own." Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh man, I didn't I didn't know how to take it, right?" So I'm at AB's one day, getting ready to get a tattoo, and here comes sleeps now. If you don't know sleeves, like, <laughs> and I mean, he's more smiling now. But in those days, he didn't smile too much. Yep. He's a big dude. He's tall. He's a big dude. And he walks in, and he looks at me, and I had the Savior shirt on. And he did a double take. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so then after, I was like, dude. And then sleeves is just, you know, I'm just like, oh, man. What is he going to say? What is he going to tell me? And the 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 myth of sleeves, right? <laughs> it's, it's all like, and I'm, I'm sweating it. So then uh, you came back, you put your stuff down, you came back, and you you said, hey, you're that Savior brand dude? And I said, yeah. yeah. He goes, the shirt came out nice. And I was like, thank you, bro. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I think we learn as we go, right? We, we learn how to interpret. You put out reference and how to interpret the way people use it. And, I mean, I got to be honest, that was so early in my career transitioning from tattooing into putting out a reference book and... Sometimes we, we do things with good intention and we put it out there and then you forget that you're putting something out into the world and everyone's going to respond to it, either good or bad. So it's going to create friction, traction, all right. kinds of stuff. People are going to start being influenced by your letters if they're original, if they're dope. And um, I think I've learned even early on because me and Ralph became great friends, just like me and you have, uh, the intention was pure, bro. There's no like... 
you know, it wasn't a brand coming and stealing my stuff right. or what have you. So I, I kind of, I'm glad that I was able to tap into that and say, hey, this was, you know, by, by, by my brother Ralph, which has some of the same codes that I that I follow. You know, we right. come from similar places and I know he wouldn't pull that. You know, I kind of analyzed everything and said, this is cool, man, you know? Yeah. And it built a great friendship. Me and Ralph have been, Oh yeah. he's helped me build my brand, bro. Yeah. Behind the scenes, man, hardcore graphics, shout yeah. out, you know? Yep. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ralph did these banners. Yeah. Ralph always listened to every podcast, gives me good feedback. So definitely, our, our core graphics, man. You need something <laughs> done, that's the man right there. That's a good story, though, man, because it takes me back to a place when I was just figuring out right. many things, bro. Like, what do you put a reference book out for and, and what happens after and what happens when everyone's doing your styles and styles that you put out there and right. you know what i mean and people start bootlegging them in other countries and all the all the madness all the mess. it was all good though it was I, a good I, learn you know i trip out on you because like you're really not that guy like if i see anybody that gives props to a lot of people like you're you're the first guy i even for myself i kind of learned something from you like if it's good and and, and it looks nice hey give them props yeah. and which is kind of it's it's really uncommon in, in 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 that field or any field where there's a little bit of competition, right? Yeah. Where people want to be the best. But I've never I've never got that feel from you. There they can be like a, a young guy, you know, like 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 Diego, you know, and yeah. show you his letters and you'll be like, That's dope or I yeah. like I like this M or I like that S or something like that, right? You would kinda reference that stuff. But you've never been a guy that really to me that's been like, ah, later for that dude. Yeah, that's a really good um, man. That's really good that you brought that up. Um, I just had this conversation with someone on what the differences um are between artists and where that stems from, right? Um, I just feel like for me, where I come from, I remember growing up in the neighborhood, and we were always sharing. I mean, we didn't invent the the gang writings or the letter, right. right? Everybody wrote like that. My tias or my brother, and but we always shared those letters, and oh, look at the way these letters are so. I didn't enter like the tattoo world and learn how to do it specifically for that. I've had it since it was part of my upbringing, right? Right. Um, but I just felt in my head, I'm like, if you know, I remember like being locked up and people always, man, you got the nicest letters and the. So I had a lot of pride in it, you know. Yeah. Um, I just felt like if I got to a point in my life and now I'm out of trouble and doing everything, and people are coming up to me like, not as a mentor, but just as someone that they would want to get like. An approval from or just right. here to judge my stuff that's pretty pretty dope to be able to reach that level you know coming from a certain type of background right and, and if it looks good why not tell them that like why not give this guy a little boost you know and even if it doesn't sometimes those little kids that bring stuff sure i always like man that's amazing yeah because i see the potential like i always look at the bigger picture that piece might not be good but the potential and the dedication it takes right to sit there or even the courage to bring it to somebody and show that peace takes a lot of oh you know, heck a lot yeah. of discipline, bro. You know, yeah, that's that that's a good point, man. Even not that I'm all big time, but there's people that come to me and go, "Hey, man, how, like, how do I do the podcast? Or yeah. what do you use? Or what do you think? Can you check it out?" And I'm always like, real, like, like you said, I'm like, uh, like honored that you're asking me. Like, yeah. man, I, I I don't feel like I'm Joe yeah. Rogan. <laughs> you yet. know what I mean? Not but yet, brother, I feel like. You know, like, I can help you. Like, what do you need? You should get this. Or how have you tried this? Like, stay on that track. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think you got something right here. And this is one young kid. He was from, like, I think he's from Chicago. And he was, 
he just hit me up one day. And now I look at his podcast and I'm like, he is pretty solid. Last Sunday podcast. I mean, I was like, it looks pretty dope, man. Good job. Like you've been on the grind for like a year and you can see starting to grow. So I think that's a good point that you say, man, where you, you kind of yeah. just encourage people. Uh, by the way, I want to give you props to on the podcast, bro. I've seen Thanks, it kind of grow and grow and I'm like, wow, like I got to get on here. Um, the fact oh, that you oh, now you up. come. He's, no, like, just, he's like, it looks dope now. I'm getting on there. <laughs> nah, nothing like that. I mean, honestly, you know, the timing nah, was crazy at that time. Yeah. My health. And right. I was, if I mean, I'm, I'm really dedicated to what I do, but I'm really good at overloading my, myself with a right. lot of things. And I like to try a lot of things. But at that time, it was it was nuts. But yeah. like I said earlier, I think I'm probably in a better place to, to elaborate on stuff better or, you know, articulate. Right. Some things that I want to talk about in a better way, like today, where I'm at today. Yeah. And I had just told my wife, I'm like, man, I want to start 2023 with something, something special, you know, That's some dope. inspirational for people. That's so yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it worked out for the best. Like I said, you know, I met, I tease you about it, but in, in reality, uh, it, I kind of knew. I was like, well, it'll happen. When it happens, it'll it'll be something good. And I think when you said yeah, I was like. It's perfect time. Yeah, the timing was amazing, man. Yeah, amazing. we didn't we didn't have nobody scheduled yet, and so I was I told Cam, and then the holidays hit, and we we had a guest that was that was lined up. It didn't work out with our schedules, and then it was Christmas. So I was backup. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> no. It was it was it was Christmas, and we just held off. And I just told Cam, you know what? It, let's just me and you do a podcast like tomorrow. We, we were gonna do one Thursday, and then I go and we'll just whatever. You know, I'll I'll hit up some people, and we'll, and we'll do. And I didn't even hit up nobody. And then you sent me a message. I forgot what we, what we maybe I think it was just Merry Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. And I go, I go, let's try to get you on this year. Let's do it. Let's do and then you're like, let's do it. And I was like, oh. And then you were like, let's not DM. I'll call, you know, let's, yeah, let's go over I'll, text. I'll lose it. And then I, you called me. And I was like, oh, he's serious now. Yeah. Monica's here. You can ask her. I have said, <laughs> I got to get on Dave's podcast because I've been getting asked a lot. And no disrespect to no one. But, right. I, you know, I'm a man of my word. Or I try to be as much as I can. When I say something, even if it doesn't happen immediately, I'll, I'll keep keep my word. Nah, on you that, kept you know? your word, bro. Yeah, you kept your word, and, and and like I said, it's a it's a special episode, first of the of the of the twenty three, sixtieth episode. So I definitely appreciate you coming out, man. Um, let's go back a little bit, sleeps. Let's so go back. you grew up in the Pico Union area. Yep. For people out there that don't know what that area is like, I mean, I don't I. Yeah. I haven't frequented that area in a little bit. I mean, I go to Staples for a game and then I'm out. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's a little bit west of Staples and it's it's a, it's pretty rough down there. Yeah, Staples wasn't there yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's still a crazy area. I mean, nothing compares to the '80s or even the late '70s. You know, but it was it was crazy growing up there. It was a beautiful because when that's all you know, I mean, that's just the norm. Um. Most of the youngsters or the kids, you know, we all grew up idolizing or looking up to the homies that were there. We had a lot of negative influences. And not to say that was the only influences because my older brother never joined the gang. He um, went off to college in 84. My younger brother never joined the gang. I unfortunately got caught up in that mindset of, um, you know, we were break dancers and we were getting into the graffiti and everything. But I always had this this nudge like I just kind of was fascinated with the writings on the walls and, uh, and 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 the gang writing before I knew that it was gang writing or identified it as gang writing I just knew that it was everywhere like when I walked to school and 
on my brother's peachy folders. Every everybody wrote like that, right? But right. I was so attracted to it. And um, I just shared this with a friend, uh, with my friend from Dubai. Um, said uh, I remember mimicking it, and my mom's reactions. She immediately like had like, "What are you doing? Don't be writing like that!" And I was like, "What the heck's going on?" Like to her, that was just. Only cholos write like that, right? Like tattoos weren't common either or nothing. Right. I remember as a kid just thinking, man, I, how do they do that? I want to get a tattoo. I mean, this is little kids, right? Like yeah. little kid age. And me and Prime were hanging out since late 70s, bro. Wow. We were little kids in the alleys. And I remember even taking spray cans from the auto parts on, on Venice and uh, Bonnie Bray and uh, going and tracing stuff over. And uh, Wow. You know, but it was rough. The shootings were normal. People getting killed. On the street corners was normal. And, you know, eventually I made the bad decision to kind of join the gang. Or, you know, we always kind of, well, we kind of morphed into the gang, right? Like, it's crazy because. Because it's just all you know. Yeah, you don't realize it. And, and you know, a lot of people think like, well, why didn't your mom move out? Or why? why I'm like, mom didn't even know. Like, it ain't like you go tell your mom, hey, I just joined the gang, mom. You know, I, I didn't have a father figure. I mean, one of my uncles lived with us for a long time, but. She couldn't move out, you know. It doesn't work that way. And we move out where, like, to another gang-infested neighborhood. In that era, L.A. was yeah, L.A. was pretty rough, man. You know, it's it's uh, it, I think sometimes people think it's easy. Yeah, it's easy. It, I mean, it's not even easy to move now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and, and you have a good career. I have a good career. If yeah. somebody said we have to move, it, it it's gonna take some funds to move, no matter <laughs> what, right? I'm just uh, learning things. I'm, I'm, <laughs> by the way, I'm I'm a new homeowner. You know, congrats, and, uh, man. I'm, like we just talked about, I'm learning that. Moving is never easy, right? Like now you think, especially oh, when you're I'm, older. Oh my God, I'm upgrading. Now we're like, we pack to move, and then we get there and oh, we man. unpack, and then the stuff that gets unpacked needs to go into dressers and drawers, and it's fun, but it's a lot of work. When the last time we moved, I almost died. I thought I could do it by myself, man. Oh no problem. We're gonna get it done. No, I almost died. I was hurting for a few days, so it, it, it definitely it's it's different. That that neighborhood. Uh, definitely was bad. Did you? What was it that kept you like gra- gravitating towards that lifestyle? Was it was it, it, it an excitement? Was it a, 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 a? Sometimes people have fear and they just join. Or what, what was it really that really got you and kept you there? Um, that that's a that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know that I fully figured that out. Um. There's just something in me. I think I think it may have a lot to do with my personality, the traits that I carry, right? Like, I always tell people now, like, um, I think me and you had this conversation before. Like, I'm really glad that I'm putting all this energy into positivity, right? right? Because when I do something, even as a kid, I'm like an extremist, right? Like, and, and <laughs> I sense. I got caught up and, and I couldn't learn my lesson, right? It's like they just say, you know, if you burn yourself and then you learn, I kept going back and going to juvenile hall, then juvenile hall and camp, and then YA, and uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I'll just throw it out. I feel like I was upgrading, or like you get the status, and, and right. you just kind of caught up in it. And um, Pico Union's a little different. I feel like the gang culture there was way different, and and the gangs are so closely integrated there that it's it's, when, it's when crazy. It, when it erupted over there, it was it was really bad. It was horrible, but that was the norm to me, and and I thought I wanted to be the best at that lifestyle, you know, um, same thing kind of, this plays into lettering and, and, and I wanted to be the best letterer there right. and I wanted to go and, and flex my stuff. And, you know, it, it could have been a sense of pride and a sense of belonging. And 
kind of like some street credibility, fame, whatever it was. It was it was a, definitely a bumpy road, man. You know. I think I think um, you hit it on the head right there when you said that you're a person. I, I mean, a, a competitive spirit a little bit, but yeah. a, extreme. Like yeah. I wanna I wanna be the best, or I wanna push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. I think we talked about that, like you said in that conversation. I I think we were saying this is before you worldwide big sleeps and you were and you were saying i want to i want i remember you said something and i was like that makes sense you said something like the way i used to go after enemies or try to get money for drugs yep. and all this stuff like it, it was gonna happen i was gonna make it happen no matter yeah, what there's no question yeah bro, like, like you were gonna make it happen no matter what but then you said i want to take that attitude and that mindset yeah. and put it over here into this business or what i'm trying to do in art and I think that, like, I was like, that's crazy because if you think about, like, bad habits or yeah. enemies are putting it all on the line, basically, right? And, and if you take that attitude and apply it to something else in a positive yeah. way, you, you, you're probably going to be successful. Yeah. How many, how many people with that same mindset are out there, right? How many people that have that dedication to negative things that that's all they know right like right. in prison and um we seem to be so disciplined in there but it doesn't make i mean i'll put it out man it doesn't make sense that we're in there that we're out here wiping each other out and then in there hanging out together and really disciplined and then we're back out and the discipline stays at the door and it takes so much fine-tuning but i think that all boils back down to like there's nobody helping us right or there's you come back out to the same thing and it's kind of um, it took a while to figure that out, man. It really took a lot of fine tuning, a lot of uh, a lot of things, and I think I like sharing it now because I, I could see the bigger picture. Right, right. You can't share it and say, "Oh, I've been out for a year and I'm tattooing." I, I mean, honestly, Dave, like, I, I can't say. I mean, I can't sit here and say, "Big sleeps the brand or whatever was planned," because I didn't get out. I just wanted to stay out of trouble. I think we've had this conversation, yeah. right? I've tattooed before at shops relapsed went back on drugs drinking partying back at back to jail like it was just a roller coaster of all kind of things right but putting putting like all that to the side and just thinking now like today when when i actually look at things i'm like i know that my story could serve a bigger purpose that's right. why i said like i don't want to touch too much on on negativity um it's it's good to bring that to the to the table but to look at how that could also be implemented. Look look what was built, right? Not oh, by yeah. accident, but look what was built with the kind of evolved, bro. Like it kind yeah. of evolved and there was an evolution of of your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even going back so when we first met, you you were still struggling a little bit, bro. trying trying to stay out of trouble, trying to do the right thing, you know, having you know, maybe you know somebody finally trusting you at a that that shop was Lowrider when you were there. That yeah. was a that was one of the bangingest shops. That, that at was that a, time, yeah. Right? Shout out to Ab Alvarez too, man. Yeah. That, that boy, um, I think taking me on like for whatever reason, whatever he saw, like yeah. to say I'm gonna hire this guy. And that's a good story about. I'm gonna tell you this story. I remember being at um um Ink and Iron, and I had just released my book, and I released some flash hits. I'm an okay drawer, right? And I released a lettering book. And I remember Wendy Belzell, who helped me put the book out. She's Belzell Books. She let me come and sell books at her booth. I was still at another shop in Inglewood. I was, like, barely transitioning out. And I remember this. I never forget this, man. Me and Ralph talked about this. And 
I was like, how much should I sell my flash for? This is 2010. Boog had came around and man, your 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 shit's dope, bro. Like you know, it was cool. I was getting yeah. getting inspiration, like leaving a, a a smaller walk-in shop and then being exposed to like the Jose Lopez and Ab Alvarez and all those guys. Because that's it felt that's, a whole, that's yeah. a whole another level. I'm that little dude coming up to me saying like, she's like, I got an idea. Why don't you walk up to Ab Alvarez and clowning them and ask them, show them your flash. I still remember this man. Like, show them your flash and ask them what you should sell it for. I I'm like, that's not going to happen. Like, I immediately had, like, this, like, um, just nervous, like, butterflies in my stomach. It felt intimidating, bro, you know? Don't get hyped, A.B., if you're listening. <laughs> but it felt, I, I seen their work. He's going to record this and yeah, send it to you. Honestly, bro, I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. And I remember Jose got the book, and he bought one from me, but all these crazy things, right? And I remember I was like, man, I didn't have this feeling when I was tattooing in the county jail and in the streets, like, but now I entered a new world with a different mindset, and I thought, wow, this tattoo industry is intimidating. It's, like, crazy to see all the – so I felt like the, the the lowrider days, little did I know that that day – I didn't go ask, by the way, she went. But little did I know that a month later, because I met Manny and everybody there from Lowrider, and then they sent me out to go get an interview, and A.B. brought me on. That was a life changer for me, man. Right. That that taking on that trip, even though I had no customers out there or nothing, um, and Abe's one of the first that told me, "Why don't you take a, why don't you take a sign painting class or like pick up the brushes, bro?" You know. So I listened. I went and I took sign painting or whatever. But it was intimidating and it was a life changer to come on into that to that realm, right? Like to take on a right. shop of that magnitude. And they were the shit back then, bro. Yeah. You know, and they still are. But yeah. at that time, they were they were all together. They were, they were, they were coming up. Yeah, it was it was a little scary, but it was it was beautiful because, like I said, um, I I always wanted to do more. So I don't I don't get ner- I get nervous, but I'll still push through, right? And right, not lose that opportunity. I'll, I'll open that door and see. Well, what's there? You know, how much scarier can it be than? Standing on street corners and getting shot at, bro, right? <laughs> think about that, bro. You know? I, I think you're right. I, I think that probably the intimidation comes because you were, you know, an alpha. in. Yeah. in I felt scared, in, bro. In, like, in the streets. And now it's like a, a, a different realm. And we've seen that in your career where, yeah. okay, now I, now I mastered this tattoo stuff. Now I have friends that are in the fine art world. Yep. Now they're telling me that I, I can do some paintings. And I'm pretty sure oh, you probably man. felt like, I felt that feeling. I, I gotta, yeah. I gotta be in a show with yep. Cryptic and, yeah. and Def, and that's another one. <laughs> and, 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 and you know, and, and Retina, and yeah. now it's. But you still stepped into that realm. Yeah, I did the same thing with Defer, man. Defer, like you're gonna be in this show with us, and I'm like terrified, bro. Like I don't know how to brush, right? Like I'm learning, but and shout out to my boy Defer, man. I, I always love to give credit where it's due, man. He took me under the wing, and like this is how you use these colors, and a lot, a lot of. Uh, you know, Defer and Prime are big mentors to me, bro, you know? Yeah. But they put me up on game, and I'm a sponge, bro. I learned fast, whether it was negativity or positivity. Now it's all positive stuff, but I'm like, yeah. I've always loved art since I was a kid. But uh, tapping into that, that's another crazy story, right? Like, I still didn't understand the fine art world too much. And you experienced it because you were coming to the shows, right? Yeah. Um, And there was a few a few shows that happened, and I remember just being like, over this is like one level up of intimidation right like or not intimidating but nervousness like scary um and i've learned to identify that bro just to put it all into into like context it's like it's good to do that it's good like for the homies that are listening or people like 
if you're comfortable for 20 years, like, and you're not experiencing, like, nervousness or something, you're probably, like, you know, like, look for the next thing that makes you feel a little nervous, like, to tap into the next. Because that's been the greatest thing that I thank God that I've had the courage to take that journey, right? Like, to go and sell lettering books door-to-door, finish, like, like, who's going to buy my lettering books, bro? Like, and that's just an honest, an honest reality. And Monica and me were driving around from shop to shop all the way up to, like, Santa Barbara, San Diego, everywhere, bro, you know? Man. Knocking on, on tattoo shop doors and turn, getting turned around, whatever. Like, whatever it was, I'm like, well, somebody's going to buy them, and then we figure it out as we go. It wasn't a plan. It was kind of like things were happening, and we were we were adapting to the to the situation, right. man. It's been amazing, bro. Like, the story is it's intense because so many – I think I opened too many doors at one point. <laughs> um it just multiplied, but I always—I mean, I always thank God. I'm like, I know I'm not here by um, just by chance, bro. Like, there's just no way that all this stuff just kind of—it's not luck, and it's not just by my hand. Those doors were there, and my, you know, my antennas were up this time. I was receptive of all the all the things that were coming my way, bro. Right. I think there's always that thing, you know. There's 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 some luck, but the, in that yeah. luck, there has to be some 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 preparedness. You know, I'm I'm getting prepared. So if if the luck if the opportunity knocks, yeah, then I'm gonna be ready for it, you know. And I'm gonna, and I think that's, I think that was your, your story because you just kind, kind of just kept. Well, I got, I got, I got this, and I, and I got that. Now I'm gonna do this, and oh, this guy's asking me for this. I'm yeah. gonna try this, and and I think you've always, you've always kind of just, maybe made not all the right moves, but there's been some key moves that you made, oh, and it kind of progressed you. Yeah, and that, but I mean, honestly, the only way to really, really really figure it out is I don't come from like a business graduate school <laughs> right? right to be like I came with this business plan I threw myself in full flesh from a, like I mean I'll just put it out like from a straight living a criminal lifestyle for the majority of my young adult life to like to my 30s right to, and then turning it around and just saying well I'm just going full in like anything positive that comes my way that can keep me out of trouble or you know, at that point, we were balling out eating, you know, El Torito or somewhere. We were just saving <laughs> up for the weekend. I mean, honest, man. Right. And, uh, it was crazy to team up with people that were so focused on just offering help or art stuff. And, and I was like, cool. This, and then it just multiplied. I was fearless, right? I mean, you, we, we talked and we yeah. known each other for a while. I mean, Norm came along in that, in, in that um, equation and other people right. that have been monumental and, and, like being friends of mine that we just kind of clicked and right. I went with a low rider and traveled around the U S and then hopped over to, uh, to Europe because of bug. And then it was, it was game over, bro. Like in my head, I said, wow, like I never thought I would see the world anywhere around the world, bro. Like, you know, that was my, it was scary to get on a plane for the first time and, and travel and just go and say, Oh, we're going to this expo. And they'd be like, we're going to Detroit. And I remember I was like, man, how do I get out of this, bro? Like I was scared, bro. I'm like, what do I go do at an expo like that? Right. It felt it was new waters, bro. New, right. So do you think that's that, that, that fear, fear, fear to fail is a lot of people's problem. Like they, they're, they're afraid that they're going to fail at something. So they don't want to try anything. So you could easily just stood at low rider for your whole career and yeah. just made enough. But I think a lot of people get to the realm of, Man, I'm I'm afraid I'm gonna fail, and 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 I think failure comes along with life. You know, you you, you I'm gonna try it. If it if 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 it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. We're gonna move on to the next thing. Yeah. But at least I can say I tried it. 
I think I think that's part of it. I mean, I felt like I'm really critical of my stuff, and I just felt like at that time, because I was working at Modern Inc., and, and the homie there, Mario, man, uh, gave me a huge Woody. He gave me a huge opportunity. I came over there with some crappy tattoo machines in 2008. All my equipment I had lost from back when I was tattooing at different shops, right? And he hired me, put me up on a lot, you know, some equipment and everything, and let me work there for two years straight, man. Amazing, bro. I got myself off parole and everything, and uh, I felt like that upgrade, like once I decided to leave there, that upgrade and everything else, I felt like, man, am I going to make it? I'm leaving, like, I was leaving my comfort zone, comfort right? Zone. I lived I lived around the corner, and it just felt like, and then when you, when you look at the reputation of these other guys and what they're doing, I was still trying to figure out, like, I've been doing lettering my whole life, right, but... I didn't really know that that type of lettering was going to be a hit in the mainstream tattoo world. So I don't know if you remember, I was trying to do all kinds of stuff when I went to Lowrider and trying to tattoo different things or whatever. And something just kept saying, go back, just do letters, you know, just do letters. And uh, I feel like that kind of failure, fear of failing, but more than more than that, just that unknown waters, bro, you know? Right. I think a lot of people get that get in that realm. And it, it's, you know, I, I always say just try it. Yeah, try it. And if I, it works yeah. out, and, and great. If it doesn't work out, then there's nothing wrong. At least you can say I tried it. I'm gonna tell you honestly, Monica Miss Sleeps has been that 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 one that's what are you don't overthink it. Go like so when when I came and try to find that way, like hey, help me find a a justification <laughs> to get out of it. She's like, what are you talking about? Like go. Yeah, there's like, no you've way. You've been waiting, right? Like, and, and I just went in all in, man. And you've seen um. You know, sometimes there is a lot of youngsters with talent. I, I feel like a lot of us sometimes maybe we get comfortable in a certain career and, and just that's just what it is, right? Like some people have that personality because uh, I know a lot of tattooers and they're wonderful, man, careers and they tattoo beautiful stuff. I was that guy just wanted to try a little bit of everything. Like I wanted to make shirts. I wanted to paint and I wanted to do all kind of stuff. Anything that was artistic, bro, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that opened up doors to kind of learn the business a little bit and become more business minded as well you know right right i think i think that's that's that was a key for you you yeah. tried a little bit of everything and found out what you're good at and then you stuck to that and yeah. then you've you you dabbled in probably more things than 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 most tattoo artists you know the merch the fine art yep. tattoo machines ink now the books and everybody yeah. everybody makes books now yeah, and all this stuff. It's shout kinda... out to Ralph, man. I mean, I, I'm gonna be honest, man. That guy was a, a, a really, really huge uh, blessing for us. For him to come in, we cross paths like that. Right. Um, the friendship's been there for what 10, 12 years, nonstop, man. Um, it's just been like huge, huge, huge leaps in in the company, right? Like the websites and when I built my book, bro, Letters to Live by Volume One, um. I when the lady asked me, well, where are you gonna sell it? I'm like, what do you mean? I, I, I don't know. Like, oh, you don't have a website? I'm like, no. So I'm like, oh, find a website. I immediately had my, somebody buy a domain, but I knew nothing about that stuff, bro. You know, my it's brother. Gave, yeah, everything just happened on the spot. Like I said, well, let's try this, let's try that, and then it became. Then Kale was in my life, and my vectoring people, and you've seen it, right? Like yeah. it just kind of it evolved. Yeah, it evolved. And Norm and the traveling, and it just kind of a uh, snowballed into. Wonderful things. The books opened. I'm going to touch on something else. So, like, the books opened up the doors, and and it was crazy because right around the same time that I was getting a, I think I got, like, an interview, and it was um, 
one of the tattoo magazines or something and it circulates inside the prisons and there was this moment where I felt like this this great feeling of like accomplishment or something I was getting a lot of people um, sending emails and um, ordering books for their sons that were in prison and oh my son looks up to you he read your story I don't remember what magazine it was and then I put some ads you know I saved up a couple bucks and put some ads and to sell the books and Uh, my mind grew fast on how to how to move those books or whatever. But I was getting a lot of people saying, "Hey, um, write this guy and tell him that I look up to him in prison." Like, and I'm, you know, like he's a role model. And then at the same time, I was getting people. I think Defer was the first one that reached out and said one of his cousins taught some youth in Culver City. And this was like within the same week. Like I was getting a lot of these kids. They want you to come talk to these kids, and I was like. Wow, I'm really like becoming a role model to the to, like on both sides, right? Or not? I wouldn't even think role model back then, but it felt good to be being like sought after right. by two worlds that are so different, right? Like these young kids in Venice. But I'm like, well, when you think about it, if these kids don't have somebody to mentor them, that's the next generation that's going to end up here, right? On this side, so I'm like, if I could play a small role and go talk to them, and I feel like those books opened up that opportunity for me to really see. How I can share my story, not just the art, like the letters, but where I come from and right. what I'm doing. It kind of opened up this new, broader spectrum for me, bro. I like, think I think it I think it did. I think when when you started doing that, uh, you did the show at Otis. You know yeah. that was a long time ago too, which is a is an art school in L.A. Yeah. You did that show. I think you showed a lot of people like this is where I come from, and everybody knows they don't have to ask yeah. where you're from. They already know where you're from, and then. But you can do it too, so you know. And and it, it was kind of like it didn't really, I, in in a good way, it didn't give people from the street an excuse why they couldn't make it. Yeah. Because you you could have used every excuse to me. Didn't have a father. Grew up in Pico Union, prison, drugs, gangs, drugs. Bro. Just just you know everything going against you. Bad decisions on some parts, whatever it may be, all this stuff. And then you turn it around, and then. I think you gave people hope like, okay, I don't have an excuse. You know what I mean? People yeah. like to use excuses why they don't they, they don't move on or they don't try to get better. Yeah. But I think you showed them like, nope, that excuse you used, that was me. Yeah. That that was me too. Oh, yeah, I had the same problem. Yep. You know, so I think once people see that and, and, and get that, and the, the, they, they identify. I think that's the biggest thing. People identify with with pain with failure, with yeah. mistakes, and then they and, and when somebody overcomes that, then the people go, "Oh, like I, I can do that." Yeah, you 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 know, I use like sometimes I see comedians, Richard Pryor, and them, and they're talking about these crazy things, but real real things that right. happen, right? And, and for some reason, when you can relate, you just connect more to something, right? right. Like that that you just hit it right on the nose. Like there's so many people that have talent, and I always say in the neighborhoods, me and Sick Jack, and I always talk about this, like. Pico Union and a lot of other neighborhoods, they're just filled with kids eager to like talent. Some of them don't have the courage. They just don't even know where to take their art or their music or whatever. But if I can help a little bit, and I remember early on, a lot of people, um, it's crazy, like um, think like, oh man, you're doing the workshop so you could get more known or whatever. I'm like, why Why would I want to get more known by sitting with a bunch of kids? Like that, that wouldn't be the route I would take, right? Like I pay a marketing company, whatever. Right. Like, yeah, but it, people don't understand it at that point, and then they come try it or whatever, and then they're like, "It's crazy how many people gravitated towards 
our workshops that always were there to support right. and come and 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 man, those kids love it. Now it turned into a huge Pico Union event where you know this last year we had Immortal Technique come out and Jack and Big Tiny and there was so many people and it's been just from trying it one day driving by and Monica saying, "Hey, man, you should come draw with these kids right here." Like you know we have a bunch of leftover um, frame boards like the, the when they cut out the frames, the matting, and uh, from that idea it grew into an annual event. That's been growing. Now we're giving merchandise out there. The Crazy. families, it's grown. And the more friends that, that I've met, everyone's trying to, you know, grow their brands or do things. But everyone can connect back to the, you know, a lot of us grew up in neighborhoods that need that. So sometimes it takes that leadership personality, I think, to right. say, hey, let's go, bro. Like, come on, Norm, Wero, everybody. They always looked out, bro. They would be at that park no matter what. They'd show up and come support us and, and help. And now I feel like how many more of us, you know, now that I'm connected with the hood, Santa, you know the hood, Santa. Right. Like, so it's just been multiplying and multiplying. I feel like I swayed so far off of tattooing. I mean, I still love tattooing and everything, but my life was meant for more than just that. That was my vehicle into, like, a bigger a bigger, um, bigger world, bro. Bigger like, platform. Yeah, bigger platform, man. I think, I think uh, it's grown. And I think you've always had the heart to give back, you know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, my kids love you. I mean, it's, it's... Oh, man, that's amazing to hear. I know them since they were they're little. tiny, man. And you've always been supportive, asked them what they're about, supported Ash with the with the video, Can We Show Up, you checking out his books and yeah. all this stuff, and it's always been really positive. I, I, I've seen it, but do you think that that if... And it doesn't take much, right? Like you said, it doesn't take much. It, it took you... Showing up with some extra art supplies in the park and saying, yep. let's, let's just give back. And it's kind of grown. If, if more people would do that, w- what a difference, oh like, God, like bro. we can make, right? Yep. And it's just small steps. Yeah. It's nothing, ma- it's not, it's just small steps make a difference in two, pe- two kids' lives. Well, that's two kids that are, yeah. are steered the, the, uh, the opposite way. Do you feel obligated now? Like, yeah, I, I have to do this. I, I've came yeah. from, I'm, I'm that kid. You know, I was that kid at one time. I I, I'm, I feel obligated. I got to do it. I loved art, bro. As a kid, I'm, I'm going to share something like, and a lot of people ask, like, you know, where does the writing come from and where does this? We just did a lecture at a, at a bookstore. I um, can't remember the name of it. Um, I don't, uh, It's in Beverly Hills or something. And I was telling them, like, some of the backgrounds that you find painted on the, you know, I started experimenting with colors and textures and sitting with prime and taking a little bit of art or just studying stuff on the Internet and, um, you know, as I got into more shows, I started trying to mimic some of the textures of the backgrounds in the alleys of my neighborhood. And uh, when, when I had this lecture, I was like, honestly, like, this lecture may sound in the beginning as we're glorifying gang writing. But let me break it down. Like, we were kids, like your kids, they love art. I'm like, my mom didn't have money to buy art supplies for us or at that level. And we wanted to experiment. There was no art center in Pico Union. There's no... So we, we go and we tag on walls and whatever, and it is breaking the law, right? You're writing on somebody's property, and obviously we learn and we go from there. But there is a lot more kids that are walking in the same shoes I did, like really like hungry for art and art supplies or whatever, or just to do stuff with, with no direction. There's nobody that came and told me, oh, you should do this. You know, you right. couldn't really do that there. Now it's an obligation. Like I got more people involved and um, – We've, we've tried to brainstorm how to bring bigger, you know, in the beginning we couldn't really afford to do the art supplies and all that. And now that we have way more resources, we're 
doing it on a bigger scale. Um, I feel like everyone should give back and just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit, but no pressure. You know, it's got to come from here. If it's for shine or whatever else, then then what's the point, man? You know. Yeah, um, I think that, I think that's huge. It, it just, you know, I always look at the people that give back without wanting to shine. You know, or yeah. or give behind even some of these people that give behind the scenes. Like I'm yeah. sure you got some donors and people that just go here, yeah. just take it, just do, do what you can. And uh, I, I think if you come from a right heart of giving back, give back. I mean, it it, it doesn't take much. Sometimes it doesn't even take funds. It just takes somebody like you saying, "Hey, man, that looks good." Yeah. And that kid's like blowing it. Diego, you know. Yeah. The kid. The crazy thing about Diego, bro. Check it out. So he sent me this painting. Everybody's seen this painting. It's been up here in 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 the podcast forever. One day he asked me. He he's, he finds me on the internet. We start talking. Does a couple letters for me. I'm like, cool. You know, put put them on my brand. And then he tells me. Uh, I'm gonna send you something. I said okay, so I gave him my address. I, I and and this shows up one day, bro. Wow. He was in Nebraska, you know, in Nebraska. He shows up. This shows up, and I'm like, this 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 took a ton to yeah. to ship. Like this is no joke. Yeah. And I'm like, brother, and and you know what he, you know what he's. I, I said, what do I owe you? Like, I, yeah, I, let me yeah. pay you something, bro. Like something. No, no, no. Let me pay for the shipping. I know this. No, no. That's amazing, bro. And, and, and you know what he tells me. He says, just do me a favor. And I go, what's that? He goes, if I ever make it to L.A., can you can you introduce me to the Handstyle Masters? Oh, shit. So, so cool. if anybody out there, the Handstyle Masters is, is, is the lettering. And, yeah. and that's what they call sleeps, prime, defer. Yeah. So you guys were doing the the the, the um, ESMOA. That was huge. Al Segundo, Museum huge. of Art, uh, uh, the uh, L.A. Graffiti Black Book, right? And uh, I got it up there. You, you know I'm in there. Me and Melissa are in that book. I'll show you after. Yeah, yeah, we're in it. And then there's a picture of us in this. Nice. And uh, but anyways, you guys were were working on that show and uh, with our with our good friend Ed, you know. And uh, so I'm there, and I see that he's he's in L.A. And I say, Hey, bro, where where are you? He's like, I I came to L.A. and I and I was like, Remember the promise I kept. Remember, yeah, yeah. remember the promise I made to you that I would introduce you to the handstyle masters? Yeah. He goes, yeah. I go, well, they're all here right now. Come oh, right man. now. They must have been blown away, bro. So he comes, and bro, you talk about like, you know, you said being nervous with, around yeah, around yeah. Jose Lopez and AB and all those guys. He comes with his black book, bro, young kid. And, he, and I said, what's up, bro? And he's quiet. And I'm like, he's nervous. And I'm like, they're all here. Let me, let me, and then Prime was the first one. I go, here, oh, here's Prime right here. And he busted out his black book, and Prime's looking at his and saying, yeah, oh, yeah, I like that. That's amazing. And man. then he met you. He met Defer. And I said, I kept my promise, bro, finally. And he goes, thank you. And that kid, I mean, he's a grown man now, but he's made a living off art. That's dope, man. You know, and, and lives out here now. But it, it that little extra right oh, they go a long way bro. It, it was a little extra that j- just I, I didn't you know to be honest i didn't think he'd ever make it out here like like as far as from nebraska to move out here he was in cowtown just that's then, like putting a nitroglycerin in his gas tank bro like he, that that meeting of, of people yeah. like that it takes you to a different level bro and know? it was it was it was just the encounter and it was only a few minutes defer looked at his book yeah. oh, this looks good prime spent some time you saw his books man this looks good man i like this sign his book and he was like, it was like a little. I mean, he was he's he's an older teenager at the time, but 
he was like a, a, a like a kid that just seen Santa Claus or something. You know what wow. I mean? He was just like, and that gave him the fuel to keep going. So it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't take yeah, it much. It takes a little bit, man. And why not do that? There's different people, though, that, uh, you know, I won't put names out there that I've <laughs> talked to, and they're like, oh, this fool's doing your let Like, whatever. Like, I see it totally different. Right. And the people that say it, it's like, didn't really justify why they thought that. They just have this different sense of thinking, and that's okay, because not everybody should have the mindset. You know, I just have a different take on it. Right. Um, I like where I've gone with it, and I like the fact that I've been able to travel globally now you know thank god that i've kept it like the career going long enough to travel to asia and, and brazil everywhere and be able to have people still come and hey check out my stuff that feels so amazing um I, I don't get like oh i'm the shit nothing i just feel like man i gotta i'm really grateful it helps me put things into perspective bro you know i think that's a um, great way to look at it man a lot of people get their heads blown up or get a certain attitude or try to you know, have that a uh, higher status, but yeah. to be able to say, man, that's, that's great. You know, it's been a lot time. of people call me master bro or teacher. Right. And I've taken some homies out with me. And, you know, there's always a joke, you know, AB gives me the, <laughs> the legend joke or whatever, but, but <laughs> yeah, he started a trend with that. But for me to sit back and say, analyzing my life, right. Coming from where I came from and all the stuff that that's happened to me, to be able to acquire a certain reputation at that level in a positive form and, and even be selling art to collectors and own my own company or a few companies that are doing really well now um, is amazing, bro. Like, I go to bed at night and I don't forget to give thanks, right? Like, because I'm like, right. it could have been the other way, you know, and I could have been in a, in a really bad place or, or not even here anymore, you know? Um, I, I've escaped death a few times. I've had health issues because of... Uh, old injuries that I got growing up, getting shot or whatever. Um, so I'm always grateful. I don't forget to be grateful, bro. I'm like, you know, we've talked so many times, bro, and I'm like, I always see myself like I'm learning as I go. As this year's coming in, you know, we achieve certain things, and I'm going to give you another good story. Like, not a story, but just I remember when I did the collab with OG Abel. Do you remember that? Yeah. The, the, that, that dude's such an amazing human being, bro. And I remember we Amazing spoke. Amazing artist, and, too. Oh, man. Yeah. I, he's such a good dude. Like, I forget about the art. I mean, it was his art at first, but we talked. And and I remember I'm trying to show him my stuff. And, you know, we talked, and he was kind of, like, not looking at it for whatever. You know, like, he has his standards of, I guess some people don't like looking at stuff because it sticks or whatever. I don't remember how the conversation went, but I was, I was hyped, bro, just to talk to him and all that. This was in Vegas, and I remember as I was walking away, we had talked for a while, and he's like, what's up, man? You want to do some letters for me? And I was like, that was my, that made my, I think that, that whole month or two, I was like, man, like, this is crazy, bro. You know, I didn't try to figure out if he had collabed with anyone before or whatever, and uh, I hadn't seen it done, so it got me on edge. You know, I was right. nervous on what to put out, but it made me realize, like, Okay, this is this is a, a, a um, like I felt like okay, this is it. I hit the, you know, this is the the top the top of the mountain, right? The top of the food chain, right. the lab. But little did I know that there was gonna be another flood of opportunities like that. You know, as you keep shifting and growing, you want to put yourself in a position for people to come seek after you. You know, like to be able to continue and not just do one thing and then just get comfortable right like right. had i just said oh i put this shirt out already or whatever i learned fast i 
turn that one shirt into my, like, you know, more shirts and more collab, whatever. Right. Like, it's just kind of a way of thinking, like, sometimes we feel like we hit the top of the mountain. Like, we're already on Mount Everest, but it'd be like, now you got to get to the moon or to the to the stars or to, to right. another galaxy, bro. And the sense of, like, the art world. There's always bigger and better and more if you, if you work hard or you seek after it, you know? Is it, it is it hard to do that? What? Is, to, to constantly try to keep pushing yourself? Or, you know, because now you get to a point where it's like, like you said, you're comfortable. Finances are okay. Bills are paid. Money's coming. You got some money coming in. And, and, and things are like, oh, people people search you out now. Yeah. You can decline. Yeah. <laughs> you can take on jobs. Whatever you want to do. Is it is it harder to keep pushing yourself to the next level? There, Yeah, it's crazy. Um. Or do you want to push yourself yeah. to the next level? Sometimes you're just like, yeah, that's a that's such a good question. What is the next level, right? Is it owning companies? Is it, um, you know, I never imagined that. I, I remember um, burning ink in, in in prison, bro, or in jail, right, to make to make um, the best darkest tattoo ink out of burnt checkers to tattoo the homies when I was fighting a case in the county jail or all these things. And nice. little did I know, full circle, and in the year 2018, I was gonna, you know, do own my own ink company. It started with a with a licensing deal that went south, which was a good thing. It was a blessing. But because I want to not give in, I'm like, well, that deal didn't go through. But now that I have access to the company and the people that make it, why don't I figure out my own ink and my own things? Right. And that became one of the greatest decisions that me and Monica made together. Like, um, Because now we're owners of our own company, which definitely changed our lives financially. It's a lot of work, bro. <laughs> Because now I have multiple things going on, and um, um, the studio is another new journey that we took on during COVID. And, uh, you know, it all takes a team. Um, I feel like pushing yourself to the next level is not hard, but just figuring out what the next level is sometimes. Um, sometimes it's there, and you don't even realize it, right? Like, um, the next level in the art world, I'm trying to figure out. I love painting, so none of it feels like a challenge, right? Like, none of it feels... Right. Um, I'll be honest, man. Right now, 2022, December what 28th today, tattooing feels a lot harder than it did when we first met. You know, on my body, on um, my had complications with a, you know, some intestinal scarring that I have from old surgeries. Um, that's that big tattoo I did in New York. I ended up in the hospital for a few days, and um, when I was painting the big murals, I ended up in the hospital several times for I'm not supposed to squat, and so all of that feels. I felt like I'm like, man, I'm on top of the world, like charging a lot more for tattoos, you know, um, selling paintings or doing murals. And I love it. I'm like, man, I'm going to paint 10 story buildings, but that's not going to happen anymore because now I'm not supposed to be doing that anyways. So I shifted. I'm like, well, now just canvases. I'm always kind of trying to figure out right where where is it going? And, Some and collaborations and, coming in. Right. You know, and it, the art world, I mean, it, it, the, 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 I mean, let's face it, the paintings are, yeah, more bang for your buck, right? I mean, oh, yeah. they're they're worth more than three, yeah. four, or five tattoos. Yeah, a lot more than that now. But <laughs> um, so I guess you work hard, and it's like anybody else. You know, you want to go to school and get a job and keep raising up in the ladder. And why should I not do the same? You know, I have a one of the crazy things is my 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 introduction into the fine art world was like a little in, kind of crazy because I felt like. Maybe my past was going to be an obstacle or something like that, right? And little did I know that 
the universe was going to align itself for people to really take my story and be able to interpret it like, man, this guy came from all this. And, you know, there's like a a huge good story at the end. Like he's doing fine art. He's doing art or not even fine art, right? It's L.A. calligraphy or Cholo, right? There's so many labels and graffiti or right. whatever. For me, it's art. I'm expressing myself. Um, but for be, people to be able to embrace my story, bro, and see that 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 shining light. At first, I was like, man, if I tell these people where I come from, they might not even want to. That was just me analyzing. You know, I overanalyze. Right. Over, but it's been amazing, you know. I've had people reach out and uh, that want to buy stuff or they want to know what it says on certain ones. And I've even shared it with a very older, more mature um, audience or ladies or people that I'm like, this guy's going to bug out when I tell him what it says. <laughs> but... If you just read the wording, right? Like some of them say like some of the places I've been or prisons I've been in or whatever. Like whatever I'm feeling when I'm painting right. certain things. Um, but when they say, well, why did you write that? Or why did you? I said, well, that's my life story, you know? I, I went, got incarcerated for this and I experienced all this. But um, it's like a story of redemption or something. You know, it's kind of hard to put it into context. I feel right. like I'm a lot better at, at verbalizing it now or, you know, articulating certain things. Um and I feel like I don't feel these are the things that help you kind of open up open up that eye a little bit and say like, wait, this is meant to be in the story. It's not just a painting, it's the story and everything that comes with it that gives you right. the credibility. And um I did a collab recently or maybe like two years ago with Ford Motor Company. They reached out and uh, I almost said no, I was busy. Should I do it? Should I not do it? And I went back and analyzed, and I'm like, well, this is something different, right? Like, this is a different a different thing Another for me. Another level. Yeah, but now where I'm at now, I was like, hey, how can I, you know, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a connector of people now, like a networking. I'm like, hey, I have a friend, and I'm a big donator to um, Local Hearts Foundation. I support what they do, and, um, you know, can you guys try to link up with them for a van? Or, like, I'm always seeing... That some of those connections happen sometimes, and there's a lot more to right. to gain than just okay. They pay a lot of money, and there's an art project. They destroyed that truck the next day, bro, after ComplexCon. <laughs> and I'll be honest, it's funny. I wasn't gonna take it on because they wanted an iPad rendering, and I said I'm really bad at iPad artwork. Like I said, but I'll give you a, like I'll make you a, a, an exception. Let me paint the truck live at ComplexCon. That's me wanting to go flex in there, like you know, like. Yeah. I love the hype. I never done Complex Con. I've been there, but it didn't happen. I had to paint it out outside of the premises, but it was a big win for me. I got to meet. They had great people on there, great staff. And I'm like, I'm thinking, God, let me get that truck at the end. And they couldn't. <laughs> they, they're like, sorry, it's not a, it's it's a, like a sample, right? It's not yeah. street drivable. So we got to rip the artwork off tomorrow. I was like, wow, man, you know, but. In my head, I was like, well, it's it's a big accomplishment, and it just taught me, like, these opportunities are endless. Once you once you embark on all that, like, you just got to push yourself. Right. Um, and that, like I said, that's not for everybody because it does take a lot of work, a lot of dedication. As the year is ending, like I was saying, like, you know, I said, hey, I, I got my home now. We're settling in. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was feeling like just there's a lot going on that that intense feeling inside where it's like it just feels endless right Right. like you're packing to go and unpacking and getting ready for some trips and i'm like man i got i gotta slow down so lately all my praying has been just to to learn how to kind of turn things away a little bit you know and not keep 
Because sometimes we think like, what are we chasing? Is, <laughs> is it is it a paycheck? It's is it one more one more win, one more country? Like, what's going to be the gain? Right before I was just going, but now it's like, what's the gain to it? Like, what can I do to make this a real win? Right? Is it just you know? I, I'm not going to lie. There's somewhere I'm like, man, I got to let people know I'm in London. I got to let people know I'm here. Um, now and then that became like, well, why? Why though? You know. Now there's got to be a little bit more, I don't know, like a spiritual connection, or I just got to be doing it. Now I'm doing the seminars, or if I take a trip to Mexico or something, I'm trying to grow my brand and, and educate people. Hey, I'm a tattooer, and I own an ink company. I have my best interest in creating the best tattoo ink for us or whatever. It's a lot of work. Right. So I try to figure out, like, why why am I taking these trips, or what what am I doing with this? You know, I ended up in... A situation that's amazing, but it takes a lot of a. I'm like, constant, yeah, constant, constant work. I think you said it said it good. I, I think you took your your street reputation, which was credible in a, yeah. in a negative way, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. But you 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 flipped it, and I I think people like the. I mean, it's it's the old adage: real recognize real, or and it's true. You know, if you have that credibility, people respect that. And it's funny that you said when you, when you're talking to, you know, a white yeah. potential buyer, yeah. you know, a, a, a rich white buyer, yeah. and, yeah. and the, the contrast. I've seen you yeah. interact, and it's this little white lady, you know. I, and I've learned a lot, man. And, and just know. the interaction. But then you see, like, they're really interested in the story. And, and, and art, you know, you know it as, I, as far as I know. It's not just a painting, but it's a story behind the painting. Yeah. Like, where was this artist at at this time, or where was his mindset at? Why did he paint that, or who is this person in the painting, or yeah. why are the letters like this? You know, so I think the the story is 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 in the background, and the artist's is is view on it is kind of is even more important. I mean, I think that's what sells the painting sometimes. Visually, I, I agree. it's beautiful, but sometimes you want to know more about like why am I going to hang this in my home, right? Like yeah. sometimes you could hang that painting and hand it off to your kids right or whatever like what does it a mean connection. to you to hang it in your home that you want to stare at it like it's not furniture it's you're adding that's an, an added incentive like so i've learned a lot not, now the collabs you know um fortunate i was fortunate enough to sell all a lot of the art i did for like aftermath and the la louver shows and which is a big big blessing now i've got to the point where i feel like i'm constantly like when i get commissions i'm like personalizing it to that family i'll has to go in the home or museums that I've done. I want to go look at it. Natural History Museum for me was a huge right. trophy. Um, I sat there and stared at that wall, and uh, I just felt like, man, well, how can I put my, my my emotions into this wall? Like, it's tattoo-related. How can I trip out on this story? Like, it was a temporary installation, right, for the for that show. And I was like, in my head, I was, I was telling Norman, how can I make these guys just never want to buff this? Because they're like, we're just going to buff it right after the show. Um, and lo and behold, after the show, they called me in and said, uh, what would it take for us to keep this and cut the whole wall out in the natural and keep it and move it to a different wow. part of the museum with a plaque once they figured out my story and we talked and we became friends. So it's there permanently. It's crazy. And we were, they were like, do we renegotiate or something? I said, just keep it. It's a gift. Like I grew up in this neighborhood, like these letter forms were learned here. Like they didn't know much about that until we had the 
chance to meet the, they have a wonderful staff they bought a painting for their offices and I, you know i bring prime and right. that's my that's my partner bro so um he came in did it with me we have a plaque there it's like our trophy bro you know do you trip um, do you trip out on that does that ever like you 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 go down those streets you know and you're, you're around usc yeah and you're it's it's bad it's a bad yeah. neighborhood you're 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 driving it and you look across and there's the natural history museum yeah. and you're like i have i have something in there one time I was over here yeah, it's in the streets, bro. and now I have something in here. I mean, that's it's hard to really fully comprehend that. I used to go buy drugs around there or, or take drugs from people back. You know, when I was doing bad, I'm not ashamed to share shit that stuff that was part of my past, bro. You know, we, like I said, we all make mistakes daily, bro. Like, sure. I make a lot of mistakes, but uh, knowing how to shake that off or saying, okay, well, what did I do wrong? You know, do you want to fix it or do you want to let that take you down and... You know, that you want to sit there and just get stuck on that one thing. Like, if we didn't make mistakes, then you don't learn, right? How do you learn? Right. You touch the stove, you burn yourself. Okay, well, I'm not going to touch that no more. Maybe you tap it again, but then you go the other way, right? That's just part of life. That's it. But to, to be there, like, Long Beach, this is a story because you had asked if it felt, like, mandatory, like, to do the workshops with the kids. The last couple of murals, um, you know, me and Monica brainstormed this idea that if any company or city hit us up to do, like, a mural or something, and this goes hand in hand with the last big projects I did. Um, we mandatory have to get like they either have to host a workshop for us, bring the kids. I mean, the paycheck is one thing, but we asked Long Beach to transit for the big mural I did there to allow me to do a four series workshop with the kids, and they it was just nice. part. It's part of the package now. Nice. Um, Graphades did it. You know, they hosted some workshops for us, so we've made that kind of a mandatory thing and that's that is separate that's on my time that's free bro like we get paid for the mural but that workshop thing is for me to just say there's some of these kids that are gonna take something back right what does it cost bro like i love painting anyway so yeah um, it's that's fed my soul bro that's really kept the fire burning because i'm like well that's what i say like what's the next level is it being a teacher or what, what's gonna be my next level right. right like everyone's what's the next what's on the next thing i'm like Man, God's been putting all these things in my path, bro, you know? I wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Elevate Ministries. Elevate Ministries is an authentic, passionate, and innovative church in the heart of Orange County, California. They strive to make their services welcoming and encouraging by intentionally engaging you in all senses to stimulate a spiritual hunger. If you're looking for a great church that's on a mission to change the world one person at a time, I encourage you to check them out at www.elevateministries.com and on Instagram at Elevate Ministries. And I'd be happy sitting for a year trying to just do workshops or do whatever. Um, I've been tempted to try to get another space to do that. It's just been hard to right. figure it out. But but it doesn't uh, it doesn't scare me, right, the thought of saying, let's get something and bring a lot. How many more artists would come and help us do that? Oh, There's time. so many people, man. Yeah, especially yeah. if Big Sleeps makes a call. They got to show up. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wanted to ask, do you, do you remember the point in time in your life when you said enough with the old life? Was there was there an occurrence or, or an event or something where you said, I, I have to make a change? I think, um, and this, yeah, I won't touch too too deep into it, but uh, there's like a combination of things. You know, um, when, my, when my mom's passed away in um, 2004, like in June, 
I mean, I was doing bad, bro. I was, you know, using and just in a bad place. You know, I saw her in the hospital for two months, go from bad to worse, you know, and uh, she went into a coma on Mother's Day. She aspirated, and uh, um, I don't want to choke up talking about it, but uh, I remember when she passed, and she thought she was coming home, and then that day she had that, that she didn't even end up dying of cancer. She ended up aspirating and having, like, all her organs mm-hmm. failed, and it was hard, and it was harder because I – you know, those that know me that are going to watch that they've seen how much I put my mom through or whatever. And I remember feeling like, man, I, I fucked up. Like, I, you know, excuse my language, but I blew it my whole life. I That was my biggest believer that always said, like, man, you could do something with your art. And I remember me and mom printed a T-shirt, the first one with that L.A. with the map. She backed me up to print it, and um, we never sold one shirt, bro. Nobody nobody bought a shirt, I but I never gave up on that idea, right? I remember Jack let me take some to the smoke out. Cypress Hill smoke out. We put them up. They were dope shirts, but I never thought about like, well, these shirts are for Pico, Pico Union people. They had the Pico Union map, so I hadn't even analyzed it. I was just trying to be an artist. But when I saw her pass, I remember it, it was just, it was horrible, bro. I just felt like, you know, everything came, you know, my, my life has flashed before my eyes before, but, you know, being shot, I remember my life just flashed before my eyes like, that was another experience similar to that where all these little things like came and just flashed like a little movie, bro. Like, like unintentional. It just kind of, but I remember and I'm like saying, man, how do I, like, I, how do I get out of this? I was, you know, using drugs and uh, messing up and really, I was in a really bad place, bro. And um, me and me and Monica hadn't talked for a while. I remember calling her and telling her, that my mom had passed, you know, and she, she couldn't make it to the funeral, but that was one of her good friends. You know, we had stopped talking for years and, uh, anyways, make a long story short. I got myself in trouble. Not too long after that, like not even a year after that, I got the the SWAT team or the gang unit came and raided my house and took me in for some, for some dumbness I was doing. And I remember I got to bail out and I was bailed out in 2005 or 2006, I think. My family, after they had helped me bury my mom, I had no money or nothing. My brother and my cousins and everybody put that money up. Um, they bailed me out. My mom's sister did. And then I was panicking, thinking, well, why am I bailing out? You know, I'm a three-striker, and, you know, I had all these cases before me, and I thought they were bugging my house. They just didn't find something that they were looking for, and I came back. You know, I was kind of coming off the drugs or whatever, just fit, trying to figure it out, and I'm... Um, they let me bail out, and I was started fighting up. You know, going. Not, I say fighting my case means like, you know, they let me uh, take my case on from from outside instead of fighting it from the county jail. And uh, Monica came back around, and um, I remember when she, just random, she just came and knocked when they looking for me. Um, I always say she came the, the good looks. You know, she came back, <laughs> but um, she came back one day. She just happened to come back, and my brother's homie. And nobody really came to my mom's. I lived on the on the other side of the neighborhood, so I lived in the wrong, you know, like by street terms, like on the wrong side of the... So nobody really came looking for me there that would knock on the front door. Everybody would come through the back alley or say, somebody's looking for you. And I come down, I remember, and I had been pretty depressed, and I had just got diagnosed with diabetes, everything. And uh, I remember I saw her, and I was like lit up. I was like, man, like something good, you know? And we talked and talked, and um, the rest is history, bro, because... Uh, I, I just lit up and I was like started telling her and you can ask her man like she was like man you look so bad like you were just when you 
feel like rock bottom. I, I got to experience rock bottom right there. Like, I don't, I don't believe in suicide or like that type of way out. But it, but it did feel like helpless. I was like, how do I shake this drug habit, bro? You know, and how do, like I said, I'm not ashamed to share any of that because um, that's part of my journey, right? That's kind of like shaking off those things and being able to come full circle and this strong is, is a good story to share because it shows people it could be done, bro, you know? But we started talking and, and things kind of evolved and uh, I was ready to tap out on my case and everything. I was going to go on the run and they kind of, it just happened like God just aligned it. You know, I remember just thinking like, I'm done. I'm going to get arrested and go to jail and be done. And I started staying at her house and I pulled away, you know, from the neighborhood long enough to kind of um, just see things a little clear. I still ended up going to jail, but I remember I was actually out for like a year um, and just got to experience like that feeling of wanting to change. I wanted to get, once I knew I was going to get like some type of prison time or whatever, and it ended up going down from like 18 years to 16 years to at the end, the judge was like, if it was up to me, I'd let you go home. The cops didn't really prove much. And, you know, I don't want to get into super details about um, the case, but he was like, I got to give you this, these two years with half. I was like two years with half. I was ready to jump on 14 years and, uh, I remember I told myself, this is it. This is it. I didn't know what like what that consisted of, but I knew I was on my way out of that life. Like I felt like this is it. This is my ticket to go back to jail. And then that's scary too, right? You go back and you don't know what to hold. But I knew something in me shifted, bro. Like that I just felt like I got a taste of disappointment, a taste of everything. So before I never felt really bad for much of that stuff. I was living too fast to stop and losing my mom like that and everything slowed me down to the core where I was like, man, what did I do? Right? Like when something's gone, it's gone, bro. So um, that that was the, I remember turning myself in. Like we, we fought that case and she's like, no matter how shot out I looked, I remember my diabetes was so bad. I went to court. I had big old lumps on my head, bro. Like, I don't know. My sugar was like eight, 900 for like oh, weeks, bro. And, uh, and um, I remember I went, and I'm like, man, they're going to think, like, I'm an alien or something. I'm on meth or whatever. I had already kind of stopped using and everything, but I remember. But I never missed a court date, ever. I might think I wore the same suit to every court date, bro, like, or the same dress shirt. and You know, I tried to, but I never missed because I'm like, I just wanted a man up, right? And I said, like, what, what, would I, what would be the right thing to do? Should I flee with no money, no nothing, nowhere to go, no... Or should I just see what the outcome is? And I wasn't scared to go to court. I remember a lot of homies saying, hey, you're going to go on the run? And then they gave me the sentence. And I, I still had the courage to say, can I talk? Like, So I still convinced the judge to let me go home that day after I got sentenced and turn myself in three weeks later. And um, he's like, if you don't come this day at 7 a.m. to the court, whatever. I don't remember the words, but I knew that, you know. You better show yeah. up. I showed up, bro, on time. I remember, and uh, Monica, Monica, my cousins, and uh, they were there, and I just, I knew, I walked in, like, sad that I was having to go and spend a year in there, but I knew for the way I was living, it was like a, like a I'm like, this is it, this is my chance to shake that, you know, right. I wasn't strong enough to shake it out there, bro, it's hard, like, for those that think, like, you could just turn it around, there's no button that, oh, I want to change my life, like, there's so many obstacles that come that you don't never know because if you've never tried changing it and you might fail 10 times, right? Like, so until then I walked in 
not knowing. I was still like, I said, I'm just going to do art. Like something in me felt different, man. Like I didn't really care for the, hey, what's up, homie? Like I just felt like, I don't know. I was just like mad at myself kind of, or uh, I really can't pinpoint the feeling. It's, it just came from here, but I don't know if there's a word to describe like what to I a, had, bro. It's, it's like, crazy. Like, to like, a low point, And then you just yeah. like. I knew I, that I, I had. Mo- yeah, I there's only one way. There's a, you, you hit the bottom. Yeah, there's only one way out. Yeah, because no, nobody could explain. They're like, "What the fuck happened, bro?" And I'm like, "Just something happened in me." And when Monica came along, it was like, and she believed in me, like, to the, my family too, right? But this was like my partner, right? Like we connected back and after so long, and I'm. I knew when I got out. I'm like, no matter what, I know that. I'm going, whatever do I'm going to do good. Um, I don't know what that means because I never got out of jail and really tried. I went straight right. to the straight bad, like immediately. So this time I said, I'm going to do good no matter. But I didn't really know what that consisted of. Like family, trying to work and uh, scrounging up Monica. So I'm going to be honest. Right now, if I could say that the $300 that she saved up while I did that year, you know, still sending me packages and stuff with the kids and having all the bills to... Dost and her sister helped us out, right? Uh, the $300 that she had, that she had, she's like, this is what I got. I remember going and buying a whack-ass tattoo kit or whatever, and them not even letting me get that extra $5 over. They're like, no, you got to leave this. I'm like, come on, bro. Like In my head, I'm like, all right, you're going to buy from me something later. I had this, <laughs> and it turned out like that. It, it manifested, man. And the dude remembers. I remember telling the, the homie, like, man, come on, bro, like, I'm going to do some stuff, I got you, but, you know, it doesn't work that way, I was right. nobody, now that same company is like, you know, hey, whatever That's you need, crazy. Yeah. but that $300 gave me a tattoo machine and allowed me to go looking around, I knew nobody was going to hire me with anything else, and get back on my feet at a tattoo shop, and uh, none of this, like I said, there was no plans to do, like, and that's the most honest thing that, you know, a lot of people think, like, how did you get the brand going, I'm like, the brand was just an idea I mean, this wasn't supposed to be a brand. I changed my name from Sleepy, and I thought I was like, man, I'm going to come up with the coolest name, Big Sleeps. <laughs> that was the, right? It's crazy. They're like, where did you get Big Sleeps? I'm like, well, it's Sleepy. But I wanted it a little bit different, so the best thing I could come up with was that at that moment. And um, the T-shirts wasn't really planned a lot. I had done T-shirts for Psycho Realm and all that, but it all just felt right at the moment, bro. Like, you know, and I had the right support. Right. But it's crazy like to think like there was no no exact formula where I said, Oh, I got it right. It was just like a every day going a little bit to the left and the bat is on the right and I'm like every day just a small distance, distance. Taking distance. some steps away. Baby yeah. baby and steps. That, that, that's good advice for anybody. There's days where I felt like quitting or just like I mean, tat- tattooing comes with a lot of you know, you're in the environment again and there's a lot of drinking, a lot of everything, bro, right? So we could easily, and I'm not going to lie and say that I hadn't made mistakes now after 2008 when I came home and, and ended up having to put myself back in the program because I started messing up, but smart enough to know myself and know how fast I can go over the edge. Right. But on my own will and time to say, back me up, guys. I got to go. I got to go to rehab or do something because, you know, like we're human. We make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but I feel like. I'm aware. I'm constantly aware of what I need to do. Like, yeah. And there's days where I feel like, man, that 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 light doesn't go off for days where I'm trying to figure things out. 
But I'm like, well, nothing. There's no answer immediately, right? Sometimes the answer is there, and we overlooked it, or we took a different route, and then we come back and and we try this answer, right? And or this route, and it works, right? I yeah. think that, I think that's a that's a crazy story. I, I think you me- you mentioned your mom, and uh, I want to mention her because it's still a motivating factor in your life. If anybody follows you on social media, yep. you you go there a lot. Yep. And it, it, a, a driving force. If if your mom seen who you are now, yeah, I always talk about that. That, man. that, that that's that's a, that's a. I don't even think people that 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 listen to this podcast know that that transition, the con, the contrast of who yeah. you were then and now. Yeah, and like I said, we're going we're going light right on the the intensity of bad versus good because. Sure. I mean, life throws, there's so many redemption stories of where people weren't in gangs, but they had it rough with so many other things. I feel like that did drive, because people are like, how did you take off like that? And I mean, I'm not going to lie, that driving force to want to prove something to myself, like to not feel like, man, you're a failure, bro, you know? Um, My brother was always a mentor, bro. That's like my hero, right, as a kid, Sergio. But for some reason, he couldn't get through, and my uncles couldn't get through. I mean, I, I remember meeting my dad once, as a kid, but maybe once or twice, but nothing ever like, you know, where I could say, oh, I had a father figure. It was my mom's brothers who just recently passed as well. But um, for people to hear the, hear the transition or people that do know me, they know like how bad that affected me, losing my mom like that. Um, she never gave up. My mom was that one lady that was looking for me in the neighborhood constantly at 1 a.m., 11 a.m., she would walk over there with a stick to the hood, bro. Like, and you know, I would be embarrassed. Hey, don't come like that. It was for her own protection to come look for me in the alley in the neighborhood or the lick by the liquor stores at night as a kid. Her and my aunt would raid the park in a station wagon. My mom never drove, but uh, and they used to call my aunt Pac-Man, bro. Like she would go and look for us, and but she never gave up. And what? It's crazy because once she's gone, like I'm analyzing and remembering i mean it was like hell like hell bro like torturing myself you know and i had to i think i had to put myself through that like to even right now i get a little bit emotional but to to feel those feelings because when you're on the streets you block that shit out right like all the i remember my mom hitchhiking to go take me out of jail um out of getting arrested in my first year of high school for breaking into a store going and while i was fighting my 187 case bro like never missed a court date didn't have enough to go on the bus, but would borrow, like, go sell stuff at the 99 cent store outside. The, so I remember all that, and I'm like, and still, like, never missed the packages. And I'm like, man, what did I do? You know, I still have all her letters. So if I ever need a wake-up call, I could go and just read that, like, read some stuff. Wow. And the, the, the consejos are, like, powerful, bro. So I still go there to share, like, good stuff or just to take my tias. You know, I have her sisters, both of my aunties. Um, one is 86, the other one I don't know her age, but I'm enjoying them. And the pride that they feel and the way they share it with me, it's like the next best thing, right? Like, how, how much closer can you get? Right, right. Yeah. Just to show that you got, like like you like you talked about, the approval. Yeah. You got the approval from your aunts. You yeah. Know? And, 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 and just seeing that. I, I think going back, sometimes... You know, you go you go to the grave, and some people don't like like going to the grave. But I think sometimes it reca- it, it, it recalibrates you, right? It yeah. brings you back to yeah. you're not big sleeps no more. You're David. You yeah, know, like this, this. I'm I'm his her son. Yeah. You know, and and I think uh, th- those are those are times when we have to like bring it back down to reality. That, and, that's and, real. That I mean, all the everything, bro. I remember 
my first times in juvenile hall, man, how much I miss my mom, bro. You know, growing up, like, it, it was just like these feelings. I got to relive a lot of that when she was on her death. She was on her, you know, we took her in really, really bad to the hospital, but she got better and she kind of, they stabilized her and she was off all the IVs and she had stage four stomach cancer, like really bad. But I got to spend the whole month with her when she was talking and laughing and taking videos and food. And then on Mother's Day, she's like, let me look at you like something. She had this intuition or something. She just kept wanting to stare at me. And when I stepped out of the room, I remember my cousins, I come back in and there's like a different mood. They're like my cousin, like looking at me and she had asked my family, like, like if she had a feeling something was going to happen to her, she's like, thank you guys for everything. Make sure you look out for David. Like, but she was good. We were eating with her and it was all good. And I even asked like, Oh, I'm going to stay with you, mom. I'm going to see if they'll let me stay in the, I left with a bad feeling, and that night they called her. Like, your mom went into a coma, like, full life support. She tried to throw up, and it went down the wrong way or whatever. But I was like, man, I'm so glad that I got to be there for that whole month. It felt good, right, because I got to say sorry for a lot of things. But then she never spoke again. Um, She just laid there for a month staring at us and, like, crying. We're trying to figure out if it was the medicine or not until she passed. But I was there every day. Now, like, facing, like, hell on earth, right? Like, this, it's hard to see that stuff. Um, and she actually, the, it took me, like, two days to go into the room after she went into a coma. She was awake still, fully intubated. And she's asking my brother for a pen. So I have it tattooed here. She actually got a pen and tried to write some stuff. And my brother's like, I think she's asking for you. Like, she's, and I go in there, and I didn't shed one tear. I just, every day that I went in there, I held it together. And when I walked out, mm. Like floodgates, bro. But um, I remember like experiencing that. I was like, it got to leave that feeling, which would later on probably be the fuel that would burn to, like, take me on this journey. Right? I feel like there's enough fuel left to take me to the to the wheels wow. fall off, bro. You know? I think uh, it's an amazing story, man. Because pe- people get to that point and get to that. Once again, you can take that death, which is probably the most horrible yeah. thing that happened in your life and you could like you say you could went the opposite way yeah you could just ah, forget this she, she's gone yeah i almost this the only one i wanted to prove good yeah. to you know and, and, and say i'm out of here like this i don't care what what happens and a lot of people go that route man and, and really don't use it as a as a fuel to say okay I, I have to change i have to do something better like i have to do good she wants me to do good. Yeah. I, I got to prove to myself that I can do it and, and, and make her happy. Even though she's not here, I can do it still. I think that's a, that's a, that's really uh, commendable, man. Yeah, there was no excuse, really, because I'm like, my mom raised us good, bro, right? Like, my, my older brother went to school every day, straight A's. Sergio went to college. Chico stayed. And every, everything she did was in, with good intent. We didn't have a lot of money, but, you know, growing up, in the, you don't know what's on the – like, you don't know about that anyway, so – Whatever you had was enough, right? Like, everything right. felt good. And uh, I never lacked anything in jail, which is a bad way of putting things. But she looked out to the end. But I felt like I had to experience certain things to make me really value, like, what type of mother I had and what type of upbringing we had. Like, she did her best under horrible circumstances. And they, they always say, right, like, whatever neighborhood your parents move into, you're probably going to become if you're gonna go the bad route you're gonna that's the gang it's like they right. kind of bring you into these neighborhoods and they're in the they're in the in their heart like 
this is a better life for my son, not knowing what exists. Parents don't know that their kids are out there doing all this crazy stuff as kids. Yeah. Or they're ditching school or doing whatever. Like, I, once I got to analyze myself at, at, after all that and I came home, and on top of that, Monica, I mean, she just believed in me so hard. It kind of gave me that boost where I'm like, it's on. But I d- didn't really know. It's crazy. Like, this might be the first time I share it, like, to that level. But I had this some kind of, like, anxiety or feeling. I knew that I just had to, like, put it out into, like, I was tattooing. I, maybe why I took on so much. But I didn't really know what that meant. I just said, I got this force. Like, you know, I'm eager, right? And right. when these things start coming, I'm just grabbing at everything, right? Like, trying to. Versus, like, I'm staying out of trouble. And, oh, I'm making money. Like, I don't have to go resort to old ways of getting money and become Debo again or some crazy <laughs> craziness, man. But uh, I, I, I like to throw humor in it. But it felt really good, man, to, to be able to do something. And it kind of snowballed into itself, right? Like, that feeling just kept multiplying. And, and I'm here today in front of you talking about something that I, I'm glad I held back. Like, you know, going on a different podcast because you've seen the, the journey, right? Oh, I've, yeah. I've came to your church, yeah. and we've sat down and broke bread together, and, and I know your kids and your wife, and you guys know Monica. So it's good to share with someone that understands it versus someone that's just trying to extract right. you know, a certain key point. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people want to know deeper, but I feel like you know exactly what lines to kind of navigate down, right? Like, hey, I'm not going to ask too much. It's better that this kind of comes naturally bro like right you know yeah i mean i'm a little i'm a little expert at this you know after, after <laughs> so many tell, ep- no, so many feels- episodes i i think um yeah i i think that's part of your story and i think that's it 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 not that it gets overlooked because everybody that follows you know that your mom's a, a big part of your life um but i think you know the the, the deeper meaning the deeper story like uh of who you are i think that was uh that driving point, you know, that turning point where you had yeah. to hit rock bottom. I think those are the things that that made the difference, man. Like you said, I, I always trip out on your brother, you know, your brothers when I first met them. They're so different. Yeah. Right? The Freddy's different, Sergio's different, and sleeps. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense because it's, yeah. it's, it's all of them contrast, yeah. you know? But uh, like you said, it was just something in you that wanted to go, you know, the opposite way. Yeah. And, and you went that way. Um, I, w- I wanted to talk about somebody that uh, that that was influential in your life, and uh, I'm not trying to pull out your heartstrings here, or anything nah, like nah, that. Nah. But uh, uh, Norm, Norm. So Norm, for those of you who don't, great artist, passed yeah. away a few years ago. Uh, very talented, graffiti. Uh, very very good businessman. Oh yeah. Um, uh, very good. <laughs> very good artist. Uh, sleeps and Norm couldn't be more different. That stop. Total opposites, right there, man. To- total opposite. Norm is 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 a, a, a small Jewish guy, you know. And, and there's big sleeps, and I mean, it could be like little Norm and big sleeps. It could be like a like <laughs> it's like a like a cartoon TV show for yeah. kids, you know. But it was so contrasting. But I know he meant a, a, a big thing in your life. What what did for everybody out there? What did he mean to you, man? Oh man, great great uh, great subject to touch on. It's crazy, right? Uh, there's so many lessons and so many things that we learn in our lives, right? Like, um, we kind of hit it off in the beginning really cool. You know, same interests and letters. And he had this. I remember um, Ralph had mentioned, hey, you got to see this guy's stuff. And I really had no idea who he was. And 
he's existing in L.A., but um, you got to remember, like, I didn't really know the graffiti world too well. Like, that part of the graffiti world, I was caught up in a different lifestyle, right? But uh, then he was tattooing, and he'd been doing it mainstream for a long time. And I remember Ralph mentioned him, and I looked at some of his stuff. I'm like, oh, no, he's like, oh, he's in L.A. And, you know, not even too long after that bug, hey, let's go check out the homie and his shop. And uh, I ended up going down there and, and selling some books to someone, and we met. And it's crazy because we, we talked for a bit. Norm Norm's a special guy, man. He had the his personality, everything, right? He's We're talking, and somehow, someway that day, I'm buying art supplies and coming back and we're drawing till five in the morning. It was on a Sunday afternoon. And I remember I told Monica, go home and get the 5D camera. Remember, Monica's the OG big sleep photographer. <laughs> for those that don't know, you know. Nope. Um, and some, something just happened, man. And, and, oh, who do you work for? And I was at a lowrider and things just happened fast, man. Like, he was an amazing guy. But one of the things I wanted to touch on that's a good life lesson, bro, like for everyone, you know, to, to maybe uh, pay attention to this. Because I remember early on, like I think I went and worked at his shop or whatever. I started getting a lot of, man, what, hey, don't trust that fool. And it was weird, bro. Like, And, and it all boils down to like what with the point that I want to make is I'm like, I'm really glad that a lot of the people that came with the nonsense, because that always happens, right? There's competitiveness or, or machine politics. Never got through because they're like, yeah, don't trust that guy and don't this. I'm like, well, I always follow my gut, bro, you know. And uh, I'm really glad that even though um, so many people put that in my head, bro, like I was like, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I mean, my lifestyle comes from like, don't trip, bro. I can, I can, I can sense danger from a mile away or whatever. And when you see Norm, you're like, well, how big of a threat can this guy be, bro, right? <laughs> and and when, I, when I analyzed everything, I said, this is just personal stuff. But he ended up. Being one of the greatest friends I've ever had, bro. You know, like, we, we, we first I worked at his shop, and then I got to see multiple sides of Norm. And, and towards the end, you know, we made him K2S, me and Defer. Um, and we, we got to travel all over the world together, right? And then get into get into business, right, together, which taught me a lot. Um, I definitely stepped up my game when we started uh, brainstorming stuff. And, and I'm always looking, how can I better whatever I'm doing, right? Ralph was a big monumental um, part in my brand and everything. Hardcore graphics. Um, then Norm comes, and I'm like, Shit, now I got the, the Jewish the Jewish side, right? The Jewish <laughs> homie. Uh, I, I think a lot of people see him as like, you know, the shining, like, world-famous graffiti artist. I got to see the other side, like, that guard down, and he got to see the uh, the guard down. Not that I hold up my guard, but you know I'm a funny dude. Some I'm more always, personal, yeah, level. bro. Like he, we got to to the point in our lives where uh, we, I mean, that we had the conversation. We're like, we're gonna we're gonna make a million bucks each together, and we're gonna we we made a lot of money together. We traveled everywhere, but then it became more about like, hey, I'm gonna come over for Christmas. I'm gonna come over for for you know what I mean. Him sitting there with Sarah, Fourth having, of July stuff, bringing shrimp, birthday. Hey, yeah, it just turned into something special, bro. And, and I'm gonna, I have friends from the neighborhood, and we ran the streets, and, and a lot of negative, like negative road dogs, and, and you know, a lot of childhood friends. But I could never say that I had a friend that I built like a little empire, global empire with, right? Like that was my first time having a friend because I'd never traveled with Def or Prime or any of them, you know. And AB didn't really travel with me too much. This went, like, where we just took off, 
started traveling around the world and really connecting, bro. Like, you know, I got to experience Norm, just Norm, bro. Like, you know, the, like, inner inner Norm, man. He was such a good guy and always giving and always everything. And uh, once we made, you know, he went through his phases of, like, with the, with his crew and all these other crazy things. And I I don't judge anybody for anything, bro. So I'm always like, don't trip, bro. Like, you know, you're our homie and you're our friend. Uh, you're, you're, you're my friend, bro. Like, whatever I could do to... I offer you advice, and at some time I even said, "Don't trip me and Defer. We got you, bro. Whatever, whatever comes, you know." And um, we 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 got past all those obstacles. Um, at the end, I think when we were in Panama or something, I remember um, we did some seminars together, and I told him, "Man, we're we're doing a lot, but we're doing a lot. We should slow down, man." Like, it, it started feeling like, "How do you um, how do you pump the brakes when you're moving so fast and everything's kind of running in unison, right?" Like. Everything's in sync. So if you pull the plug on one, it's like it kind of. Especially for him because he yeah. he was pretty much single, no kids. Yeah. He's just going. You're you're yeah. you're have a family, so you're like, whoa. For him, it's just like let's go, yeah. let's go, let's go. So well, I, I was doing that too, and thank God that I have the support to to that's that takes a toll on a family too, right? But uh, I'm gonna share something personal, and I remember towards the end, you know, I mean, as much as we have, like um material stuff and all that he's like man i i want to i wish i had what you had bro like as far as the support i gotta find that person to to back me up like that you know i want to he's my age man norm could pass for a 20 year old bro he moved so fast but uh those last times together and i said well let's let's slow down let's brainstorm the ink was going to be our ticket bro into into the bigger bigger mm-hmm. thing you know and i remember we had that conversation he's like let's let's get a bottle of big sleep sink into every shop in the world you know and uh that last conversation we had in China, um, and it's crazy because uh, those that went to China with me on um, Big Tiny and Edgar, um, which, which were also great friends of Norm, remember that that Norm that was on that trip with us was different. There's something so different about that trip. And on the way there, I remember saying, Norm, we're just going to do the convention and we're just going to take this vacation around China, around the ancient sites and all that and the uh, he was glowing, bro, like like a different, like I feel like God let us experience a different part of him, bro. Like he was on fire with the jokes, with the everything, man. We were eating and we were just living. And I remember I still have that picture on my phone. That night he had the pack because he's like, you know, we had already been on a bunch of trips. I still got to go to London for a month and then come back and go to Canada and then come back. Like, oh, you know, Norm, right? But that week he just took that downtime and we kicked it. And uh, I had I had him do an interview in China, and I said, "Do me this favor, and we'll go eat a lobster dinner." And that dinner, I remember, said, "Let's take this picture. This is the Last Supper right here, bro." Mm. And wow. I remember he left, and we were la- we were like cracking jokes all the way to he like left laughing so hard that he crashed into the hotel door, and we were and he threw a note under my door. I still have it. Like, I love you, bro. Thank you for the best trip ever. Wow. That was it, man. Yeah, that was it. And um, I mean that that was. So, I mean, I didn't see him for about a month, I think. Maybe a little bit more. And uh, when he came back in town, it's crazy because he never answered a FaceTime after that or a call ever. What's up, man? I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. He was so busy. And he was on, on this different energy, man. He was good. He was functioning well, bro, and everything. And um, he gets back to L.A. feeling sick or something. And I remember he, like, text me. I'm back. I'm like, well, I'm on the plane. I'm at the airport, and I'm going back to Florida. 
for the expo. We're going to meet there. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring so-and-so, you know, and one of his friends. And and he's like, but I, I don't feel good. I, I feel like I have ants marching in my brain. Or he just had this migraine mm. and all this crazy stuff. And um, I don't know. I had this weird feeling, bro. And I remember I was on the plane. I still have the messages, man. And uh, I'm like, he's like, let me know how the weather is. And boom, set up a set up a dinner. Tomorrow I land at this time. We got there. And uh, he never made it, bro. Like, he, he passed away that night, man. You know, they heard him at the at the shop that night. I think my brother, he asked my brother to go get some dinner. He didn't. My brother was leaving. But somehow, someway, he went back up, and uh, he didn't wake up. I'm over there waiting for him, man. Set up his booth at the expo, and uh, wow. he didn't make it to dinner that, that night when he was going to land. And um, unfortunately, Monica's nephew had committed suicide the day we landed, and then we got the norm news, like, the next day. Um, it was it was a tough Man. landing and, and turning right back around. But um, when when I was down there setting up the booths at the expo, I remember um, I had gone, hey, did this guy uh, Rosenbaum come? And I'm like, how about Norm? How about? So I, I went and pulled the lady aside. I said, hey, my homeboy's not here, um, and he's not answering. Maybe he checked in and passed out or something, and um, he's not here. So I'm calling everybody. It's really early in the morning, and I remember – Calling my brother, I said, you got to wake somebody up, bro. Like, somebody needs to go break in to his house, man. Like, go get in there. I had that feeling. And I'm thinking, what if he overslept or he got into a, a fight with his girl? Whatever. I was trying to, or I said, what if, you know, in my head, I'm just thinking maybe he fell on the stairs and broke his neck. I couldn't think of whatever can happen, you know. I had this weird uh, um, feeling. And I remember um, they're checking, checking. It took a while, but I remember... Um, I took a picture. You know how they put the put the, the the papers at the expo that say Norm and then sleeps. And I remember I wrote K2S and I took a picture of it. And as I was gonna send it, just thinking like I'm gonna send it to him and show him his booth is all set up. I got the incoming call, and I knew I answered it. They're like, "He's dead, bro." And mm. man, yeah. It, after that, it was just like um, I'm gonna hold it together now. But it it was crazy, bro. I I remember. As, as they were telling me that, there was people around my booth asking me for Norm, right? They're like, hey, what time's Norm coming? And then I'm looking at the phone, and when I answer, he's dead. And I remember, like, like going underwater, or like, just weird, this weird feeling, because I just, emotions, bro, right? Like, and I remember I, I fidgeted with the phone. I had to step away. Everybody knew. They knew something. They just, my whole demeanor changed, but I, I held it together, and I walked off, and a couple homies, hey, everything okay, bro? Um, And then I... Finally got Monica, like, on the phone, and I'm like, come down. Like, it's Norm, and she knew. She came down, and uh, soon as soon as we got that news, it was like a cool, sunny day, but lightning, thunder showers. It was crazy, man, the feeling. And then the anxiety, right, to get to get home and uh how do you How do you continue to work yeah, or be I at left. A, a convention? Yeah, I left. That was going to be the first day of the expo, but I remember I told her, I'm sorry, I'm going home right now. Like, But it took us, like... 10 hours to leave, you know, the flights and all. It was just, it was hard to leave. And when I got the call, I still had to call three or four people. Do me a favor. Go over there. I need you to confirm. Like, nobody was close, you know. And, you know, I, I hit up Edgar. I'm like, hey, go check, bro. And once I got the that double confirmation or whatever, it was like, fuck, what happened, man? You know, it's it's still like, it still feels fresh, man, you know. Wow. Yeah, it, it's a crazy uh just crazy story, man. And you start thinking like one of the one of the lessons is to value everything every day, bro. Like just value that then and there. Like 
you know, if you want to tell somebody, I'm glad we had that relationship. I'm like, man, I love you, bro. Like, you're my homie, bro. You know, like, so I, we never, I learned to not, after my mom, to not leave that type of stuff pending, right? Because tomorrow's never guaranteed for nobody, bro. Right. Never, man, you know? It's kind of, we forget that, man. Yeah, we, we forget that. Because we, we, especially men. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard yeah. for us to. Hey, yeah. Thank you, bro. Love yeah. you. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. And, and I think we, I over we, I overuse that, man. It. You know, I but, say that a lot. But it's imp- it's important. It's important that we do that because, like you said, some, it, at least you had that memory yeah. on that note. You know, like, man, you know, yeah. we had that relationship. What What are some some things you took from Norm, man? Some good, that that you use to this day? Too too much, bro. A lot. I mean, honestly, we we shared so many ideas on success, bro. I mean, successful things that have happened, you know, on how to approach business, you know. Um, I always tell people I feel like I'm part Jewish now a little bit, man. (laughs) Um, He's a smart guy, man. Smart guy, bro. One of the kindest humans I've ever met, bro, you know. Um, I, I, I got close to his mom, bro, an amazing, amazing human being, his brother, you know. So that's the closest thing there, you know. Right. Um, we're, we're constantly in touch, but there's too many things, man. I, I, I feel like I've known him my whole life, too, you know. Um, and it's crazy because you think he was just a small part, you know, of my life. But some people can impact so fast, right, so uh, can impact your life in such big ways in such short periods of time. Right. You know, right. the laughter. The I mean, we were. It was crazy because I remember sitting at expos, me, him, and AB, and some of the guys. But we were the loudest people at every expo. <laughs> I can imagine. AB, it was <laughs> such fun. I miss those days of traveling, and I mean, it was. I know we were annoying to people on airplanes. I remember sitting on a train stuck in the snowstorm in Milan on the way to Florence, and we're like, "Damn, what are we gonna do here?" And there comes AB and. With the jokes and nor oh man, it's crazy, right? We're just sitting there, just having a blast in the middle of Italy. Who would have thought? Some of us wore. I think Edgar had them cut off dickies because we didn't know the weather out there. But we're sitting there <laughs> laughing up a storm, like like if we were at the Laugh Factory, bro. That's how good the camaraderie was between us when we were traveling. We're going. We're on our way. I mean, right? Just to think of if you put that into context, these kids from L.A. or Pomona and, and Pico Union and Norm grew up and he had his struggles wherever he came up, but. We're going from an expo in Milan to Florence for the day to go pay a cab driver to drive us around and see as much architecture and have the best food, go back, jump on a train and go back to Milan and, you know, pack and come back for the next expo. Like, those are amazing trips, yeah. amazing experiences. Um, and and it, sometimes it's hard to stop and appreciate those because we move fast. Life happens, right? You don't, you don't spend your whole day reflecting on stuff every day or you wouldn't do nothing, right? We got to create those moments so that we could go back and reflect on them later, man. It's good advice, yeah. man. Good yeah. advice. I, I I love that that you didn't let your uh, your uh, reservations or the differences keep you away from those friendships. Yeah. We, we all we all kind of let our uh, perception, our reservations, or or or, or certain things kind of kind of. Uh, get us away from those, you know, friendships or those connections by, yeah. by just, ah, nah, you know, or yeah. I'm not going to get along with them. They're not going to understand yeah. me. I'm not going to, and, and when you just let their guard down, you, you kind of, you find some of the best friendships and connections you ever met. You talk about Ralph, me and Ralph were totally different. Yeah. When we met and Ralph's one of my best friends, man. Yeah, he's all, a great human being. Bro. All, all, always been, had my back to do, 
good advice. It's always good. And, and we could have easily not been friends and just yeah. been like, we're in two different planets, bro. But the connection there. And I think that's, that's a, that's a good lesson to learn, man. Yeah. I, I always try to look at, so when, if I'm ever going to judge people, I use me as a, as a, as a center point, right? I'm like, well, that saying is true, right? Cast up. Who am I to judge anybody? Right. You know, I've been a, a lot of bad things and I could label myself a million bad things. And, and who am I to say, oh, this guy, nah, he's going to do this or that. Like, um, so I always stop myself. And I've lost a few friends along the way, I'm sure, for miscommunications or whatever. Um, recently, I told myself, I'm on a mission to make sure that there's no stone left unturned, like in my path, right? If I've, I'm sure that that's a hard um, goal to achieve. But if I've wronged anybody or if I've crossed paths with people that I felt like, I'm not going to hold that. Like, I don't want to go to my grave knowing that I could have, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that makes me a better person or whatever, but for me, I want to be able to do that and just say, like, hey, I don't want to hold, like, I hold the grudge or why do that or why, you know, like let a miscommunication. And I'm guilty of it because I'm an overanalyzer, bro. I over, over, overanalyze things maybe because of the way I grew up or in jail or, you know, I was in YA and prison and all these crazy things. They kind of semi-traumatize us, right? Or they shape us in ways that it's hard to it's hard to shake those things off. Sometimes they become part of our character, right? Um, so so it's a tricky thing. But I mean, I remember, I remember the homies like, who the hell is this dude? But before you know <laughs> it, I mean, he was at barbecues with me and a bunch of the homies. I'm hanging out in a positive type of watching one of the fights. But he's like, dude, I'm around a bunch of killers, man. Like. <laughs> Like they love you, bro. You're like you're like a rock star to them, bro. Like they, he just you know he was that dude, right. man. He was amazing, bro. What a, what a great connection, yeah. man. And I, I one another funny thing. He's like, man, get a Porsche, do this. Like you know he loved all. Oh, they love nice cars. Yeah, but sure. I'm like, bro, I'm I'm happy, bro. Like with, I'm not that type of dude. Like I could get one, but I I'm cool with my Van Rory, bro. You know, or I'm cool <laughs> with my Rory. yeah. We had so many opposite things that I'm like, what, what did we have in common? I think it was the passion. We just chased art. We had a lot of similar um, energy, bro, the way we ran, right? Like everyone, I remember a lot of people saying, man, you guys are doing too much. AB always with the, here comes the swap meet, homie, the Tiangis in Rome. We're in Rome <laughs> hanging up T-shirts everywhere. But all that shit is funny and crazy, but it built the brand globally, right? Like, right. Because somehow when I pumped the brakes and ended up getting a little warehouse, all the people that were buying my merchandise, the orders were coming in from all over the world, from everywhere that we've gone. And it's like unintentionally, without being fearful of failing and all that, we built something through Ralph. I remember, hey, make some phone cases, make some. It's crazy how it just built, 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 right? right? And it's now it went to a level of like, Okay, now we're on to the next phase of like entrepreneurship or whatever, right? Right. It's not just being an artist. Now it's managing what you built and making it run so correctly, good, man. man. It's crazy, bro. That's dope, man. Yeah. I'm glad we got to talk about that. Yeah. Um, thank you for bringing that up. I, I got a little little hesitant, but I'm glad to be able to let that stuff out. For it, sure, it'll man. do me some good to start the year with a fresh, nice podcast and let out some stuff, man. It's That's good to dope. share that with people, bro. Let me let me let me switch gears here. Uh -oh. Still stay in the same art realm, but lettering and what you do. The, the, there there's countless people that say, "Ah, I can do that," right? I mean, we hear that all the time. I can do that. I I you know people come and 
have seen, you know, yeah. my deafers and stuff, and they're and and, and oh, I, I can do that, really. I, I always say, and, and it goes not only just for lettering; it goes for all art, graffiti, yeah. even even you know some abstract or you know different expressionisms. They 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 always go, oh, what's that? It's it, that's easy. I can do that. Yeah. And and what don't they understand? About when they say that, that they, cause, cause I understand that as an art fan, I'm not an artist, but I, I definitely understand art. And I, and I know people always look at me strangely and go, well, like, like, what is it? Like, what is it about that? that? That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, me and Ralph have this conversation regularly. I'm always the one that I love crediting people that are talented, bro. Like, I always tell people in my neighborhood, there's, way doper letters than me or people that I thought were always the best letters in Pico Union and, you know, up in the other neighborhoods and the kids from all sides of that area, the Rampart area, they can do that. A lot of the people that, I'm, I'm sure maybe some of the ones that are saying it, they just don't understand. It's, if if you're saying it from a business perspective or like if you're an artist and saying you can do that, then, then that's fine, do it. But it's applying yourself, I think, enough to do that and do it well enough and learn how to embark on that journey like in a way that'll make you recognize um like I said if you're an artist right by all the institutions and and put yourself in museums and let those museums come and put you in their permanent collections and make your art go from being traded in prison for a cup of noodle soups to be in the Getty Museum with no help from anybody right how do you do that it wasn't, it's not the letters no more. Now it's the individual that has a story. Like, you know, recently I, when we did the Esmo show, um, you know, that, that thing went into a collector's box. And so that put us in the permanent collection of the LACMA, the Boston Museum of Fine Art. There's so many permanent collections that we're in. I'm always blown away, but it's not the lettering itself. It's what we've done with it to create it. How do we get that writing that we learned on the streets and practice while we were incarcerated or wherever on graffiti train yards. Mine is a little different than New York style graffiti, right? It's the, the cholo writing and the hand styles. How did we play a major role in getting people to spend time enough to listen to our stories, to collect our art, to put art shows together for us and to help us elevate our audience into people that collect fine art that are hanging multiple Million dollar pieces in their homes, and maybe Defers in one of them, or I'm in one of them, or Retina, or whoever. Like, um, we all have different stories, but it's not a lot of people can do that because anybody can go and copy certain things. It's how we got there that matters, right? There's a thousand homies in jail that could do my lettering. I didn't invent that lettering, right? I played a role in morphing my own styles out of a lot of the things that influenced me as a kid, and that's just honest truth. I feel like I probably became the face of a lot of it because people immediately tied me in to the cholo writings, right? Oh, sleeps. Look, this guy's doing your, this is a good story. Some guys were like, there's a guy in LA that does your, your writing a lot. And, oh yeah. Who Oh, this guy, I think prime or something. And I'm like, bro, he's my mentor. Like I learned a lot of my lettering styles from him. We grew up together. He's a couple years older than me. I'm like, it's the other way around, but they're recognizing me as the face of it. Right. Right. But, but it wasn't, the lettering, I mean, me writing on a napkin didn't get me anywhere. It's putting myself in all the environments and not stopping, not letting any obstacles stop me and wanting to even pursue, how do you make a lettering career and end up in museums 
from something that was called gang writing, right? right? My mom and them would be like, that, that wasn't even accepted in that world, right? We had Chaz that paved the way a lot. A, a, he's been lettering for 50 years or something, right? But how do you get to that level with just something that is a pen? There's a lot of people that can do it, but if you put a hundred of us in one room, how many have done it, right? Like got themselves to that level. It was just a lot of hard work, dedication, and, and it's crazy because there's no formula. Like the person that says they could do that, and I've had people say, I could do that too. I'm like, you can, bro. You should. Why not? If that's what you love to do, you should do it. You should live a life where you're doing something that you love that passionately. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of homies that are really talented and they're not out. They're, they're institution, right? They're in an institution and they're unable to do that. I want to be that voice, bro, you know, that's giving people even in there to say, man, this fool took it to the to the extremes, right, to these levels of like, I, I feel like I'm still not done. I think, I, I don't know if you remember one time I said, I'm not done, I got to go discover new land, bro, or something along those lines when I was barely getting a, a taste of like, hey, I went to Sweden and I went to Brazil and the, the, the way that people, re, uh, the reception that we get and the ability for us to become like mentors or, or just, you know, um, what do you call it, um, innovators, right? We're giving them something that was only practiced in, in, in Los Angeles or whatever, and we've turned it into fine art. It didn't just um, it didn't just happen. It took a lot of work to get that accepted into all these shows that we're doing to get approached by brands, right? Like Hurley or um, Famous Stars and Straps, yeah. Diamond Supply. Those ain't those ain't um, Los Angeles Cholo or Street or whatever. They're not those type of brands. But they saw something in what I did. I didn't go knocking on their door. I think I just did enough hard work and put so much stuff out there that people found an attraction to say, man, Sleeps is dope. He's doing good stuff. And there's another 500 that could do just that, right? Right. Because not to knock anybody, LA's got the sickest hand styles ever. But how many of them are running on that same freeway, right, on that same lane? How many of them are putting themselves in positions to be recognized by those companies, not many. Right. So maybe we're the tool. That, like people that say that I want to tell them, you can do that, but it takes a lot of work. You're not going to do that, and tomorrow all these people are going to be chasing you down. If you figure out that formula, I'd like to buy that from you, bro. You know, but it doesn't work like <laughs> Put that. Put that bro. in a book. Yeah, it's hard. Right. It's hard, but but it feels good because now twelve years later, I mean, I've been lettering since I was a kid, right? Like with all that, whoever would have thought, even you growing up in LA. That this would be accepted at that level, right? It's it's almost like how did that happen? When did it happen? How did how did we play a role? It's been in a that? long time. Yeah. It's been a, a, a long even just for yourself. I mean, I got yeah. I remember going and and buying that from you. I'm gonna and replace you, that with with and, something and, fresh, bro. And, I got and you something. were and you were living in a, an apartment in Inglewood. I, I was tattooing in my living room, bro. And and I went over there and you signed it and, and we put it in there and and to now you you. <sighs> You own your own home. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. But so good, man. I had no idea. Like, I just wanted to put art out, right? I remember telling Kill, I need you to vector something for me. It's real simple. And he's like, that was the hardest vector. You had like 5,000 anchor points on there or something. But I, I never quit, right? I, I embarked on it. I did it. And that's, I've only done two prints in my whole life, bro. The, 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 the next one is Inspiration. There's never been something else where I said, oh, I reproduced all these. Uh, there's another print. I'm going to give you a copy of uh, 
the inspiration print. And between that, it's been all like fine art, originals or whatever, you know. But that question, to, to take it back to that, I feel like it's always interesting to hear that. Some people might say it from a like kind of a bad place, right? Like, I could do that. That shit's like almost downplaying you. Or some people might sure. say it like, hey, I can do that. Like, you can because I've seen kids in China or wherever take these letter forms and master them. Just like we can master replicating Da Vinci paintings, anything. Anything can be done. It's can you and will you do it is the question, right? We know right. it. Like, you could say, hey, I, I, I could win the Super Bowl. I could be I could be the next Kobe. Well, I'm sure you can if you apply yourself, but are you going to do that? And are you going to be that? There's a big difference, right, between those two sure. things, man. Um yeah, but that's where ta- I think yeah. talent meets hard work. Yeah, right. Or ha- talent meets determination. A lot of people that have the talent. There's a, yeah. there's a there's a million. They say you can, you know the, the the best ball players are are usually playing at the park. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? Crazy. Like, and and they never make it to the league. Yeah. You know, it's it's just the 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 talent, and then the hard work, determination. You know, and, and constantly evolving. Yeah, I, I think you've done that, man. I think uh, lettering, I mean, way back as a kid, it comes so natural. Like I said, it was just part of my upbringing. Everybody down there has good penmanship, man, you know. Um, it comes so natural. But if you ask me, I don't know how long ago, like just 20 years ago or somewhere, I could never even fathom that this, first that I would be living a life that I'm living now. But even to think lettering took me around the world full circle and helped me change my life. And, and I remember using it in a, in a negative aspect where I would go tag up blocks and, you know, I wanted to put up the best lettering everywhere, which was a bad thing, life-risking thing in L.A. at that time. But uh, to say that even my home was purchased with all the hard work that I did with collabs, with everything, you know, right? It's such a beautiful thing to say, not in a boastful way or bragging way, but it's a huge accomplishment, accomplishment that I'm proud of, bro, you know? Um, it just—it's one of those things, and th- those people that say they can do it, they should do it, man. If they, if they mean it from that perspective, right? Like, hey, I can do that. Be like, you can, you know. Just that wording alone is really strong. You should believe that you can Inspirational. do it. Inspirational, but but it's not an easy road, you know. For those that just see our highlights on Instagram, you've seen the struggle. I've tattooed in so many places and so many things, and the kids have slept in the living room with books everywhere and doing homework on books and, and every, it's been a crazy, crazy road, man, you know? Um, but I wouldn't change it, man. I mean, you can't go back and change it anyways, but it really made me appreciate things more, bro. Like being where I am right now, ready to turn the year over. Now I have new things to deal with, right? New, <laughs> new. I just finished telling you, man, I don't have a landlord no more. So now, bam, I just You're the got landlord. Gift, I got gifted a little tool set. <laughs> Well, I don't even. I couldn't even open the tool set, but um, that's not my specialty, right? But hey, something something new to learn. Yeah, something new to learn. I might make my. I was like, man, how can I design my own set of it's tools like now? Big that's- sleeves, handyman service. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking the, the the lines I'm thinking along is always like, how can I innovate something now? Right now, I have my own line of needles, um, tattoo inks, the merch, whatever. Um, there's so many different things that that are going on that that. I feel like I'm really glad that I got to experience this this side of the of the art world, right? But I'm also glad that I'm elevating myself into the to the fine I mean to the entrepreneurship, right? Or to the being a business owner. Cause tattooing takes a toll on your body, bro, you know? Yeah. 
And uh, what am I going to do when I... My, I'm having a hard time reading the menu at Lazy Dog a few <laughs> nights ago. Me and OG Slick are like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm like, you got oh, answers? Yeah. You got, yeah. So it took me us, too, bro. Yeah. So it's, what am I going to do now? Yeah, with the big old magnifying glass in front of a tattoo, man. It's, <laughs> it's getting to that point. So I want to have other sources to continue, you know, living, living good and, and producing new things, right? Yeah. Art might not be the... I'm always going to paint. I don't know if I'm always going to tattoo, but I'm always going to be creating something. But even even better, I might venture into other things that are out of the art world now, you know, because I've gotten a taste of what it's like to build a business and 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 do good at it or not do good at it and just mess it all up right. and come back the other way. That's right. just part of it. That's just part of it. So dope, man. And yeah. I think it's good. At, you know, we talked about art and and how you turn your life around. It's good to see you in the role of, like you said, homeowner. That's a father, yeah. husband, trying doing these things, you know, and uh, th- that to me, that's a that's a great accomplishment, you know, yeah. to to see you evolve into that. And of course, that's always a learning process too, and constantly evolving because things change. Kids get older, you know. Yeah. You get older, you need glasses now, you oh, know. All, all stuff, this, bro. all these things change, right? Seasons always change, but yeah. we're const- to constantly evolve and try to become better. I think that's a that's that's a a good testament to somebody's character, and I think I yeah. think you you've done great, man. I'm, Thank I'm, you, man. I'm definitely. Uh, it feels good hearing it from you. you, bro. I, you I look I mean? up to you as a father, like you know the father role that I've seen you play with your kids. You're always taking them everywhere. I've sat in front of church, you know, when you've spoken, and uh, you're a great person to look up to as well, brother. I appreciate that. That comes man. from the heart, man. Appreciate that. that comes from the hey, heart. and you guys inspired me recently. Yeah. Just took the <laughs> took the family to Rome. That's amazing. I saw that, bro. You know, and, and, and it was so cool because, you know, A B and Com and you and it's like, oh man, I'm so happy for you, bro. bro. And this and that. You're gonna love it and check this out. It was just like I gotta go to A B shop and you know, cause him and Com were like, come down, dude. Let's look, yeah. tell us about the trip. So uh, I, I was like, man, it's an know, amazing so that, experience, right? It inspired Crazy. me too. I mean, you guys seen you guys there, and 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 I love art, and I'm like, we're gonna make it there one day. I'm gonna, yeah. we're gonna go, and and this year we had the opportunity, man. Yeah, and that was, was amazing. Was I immediately, great. I was like, I yes, know, you made it, bro. You it know? was dope. It's yeah. it, it's it's dope to see to have friends that uh, you know, are are, are happy to see you win. Yeah. You know, you talk about Ralph and uh, AB and yourself. You know, and, and it's good to see your friends win and, and, and c- congratulate them you know yeah there's enough haters in this world there's enough people yeah. naysayers and all this stuff but it it's happens. good to see friends that say i'm happy for you Ser- seriously that's that's awesome great great achievement yeah i try to you know with me uh i've experienced all the uh, there's certain people that that come from back then that kind of and i feel like it's not by fault like either they feel like you just outgrew them or you just shook on them right and i'm like I'm my own worst enemy, so I don't have time to go back over there at all costs or explain myself to anyone. But you feel like all these different things. At the end of the day, like, I'm just pushing forward, trying to do good and live a lifestyle, like, that. that's just be- complete bettering myself, right? If I lose right. a few people along the way, I always feel like sometimes God pulls people out of our lives, right? Or if we just sure. lose. I used to feel guilty sometimes for, for not communicating with certain people, but I've learned that I'm like, it's either that or this. Like sometimes we have to make those choices and sacrifices and grow and say like, I'm just too busy. Now I have to kind of pick and choose. You know, I don't forget where I come from, but sometimes it's good to experience other things that are not from where you come from, right? Where I came from, there was a lot of good, good friendships and good, but there's a lot of trauma. I can't go back down there and hang out or do that because 
I don't want to be in that place, you know, like I don't want to put myself in that mindset or be, you know, and I, I and I don't glorify, you know, a lot of people say like, well, I'm still proud of like, I'm not proud of the bad stuff I did or whatever. And sometimes people, I, you know, be, I'm saying that because when you travel, like a lot of people tend to ask, like they have this mystique about the gang culture and the getting shot. And, and you know, I know I've, experienced all that but i think that sometimes people um their perception of what they see like this taboo this cool thing they're missing it like they they only see one thing they're not seeing all the real pain and suffering and all right. the craziness so it's not good to glorify that stuff you know i mean it's cool to have pride well i grew up in an amazing neighborhood i made and it and all that but but the fact that Everyone went to war down there and, and did all that crazy stuff and f- amongst friends. And that's that's not cool. It's not. It's a lot it of, was a mistake. A lot probably. of heartache. Yeah, I, I'm gonna share one last thing. I don't know how long this is gonna go on for. I recently got a chance to sit down with somebody that's you know from the other side of the block and Pico Union's like really close knit, but a a friend from before the gang days or whatever. And we actually teamed up, me and him and Sick Jackin to hand out toys to all Pico Union, right? I didn't make the trip to go and drive around, but I made sure that we got all those toys in place with the help of the Hood Santa who donated a whole truck full of toys. And uh, me and that guy sat down together and we would be what would be considered rivals for like the past 30 years. But uh, we know each other from before that. Since we were kids playing fo- football team days or whatever, and it felt good to sit there and talk and say like, there's no reason to be fighting no more, bro. Like, we got to do... We're 50 years old, bro. Like, what are these guys fighting for over nothing? Like, things that don't even matter no more, right? Everyone's fighting over nothing, right? Those streets don't belong to us. Um, If we want to be stuck in that mindset, I'm just being honest. Some people might not like it. This is how I see things. Like, because I was one of those kids that looked at that as like, this is all that matters. It doesn't. There's so much more out there, right? Take pride in like moving your family out or getting out of that neighborhood and helping those kids to be able to walk the street or, you know, like to, to enjoy the benefits of living in any neighborhood. I don't know. I just see it different. And sometimes people, I feel like when I tell certain people around the world, they're like, yeah, how was it with this? And you try to tell them they don't understand that coming from me. Cause maybe they see my image and they're like, Oh, this dude's like, you know, and I've made the mistake of sharing crazy stories, but it gets intense, right? It's like people, Maybe only see that side of it, and it's not just about that. There's a lot of a, uh, a lot of lessons to be learned growing up in gangs like that or whatever. Like a lot of things that some of us don't have the opportunity to sit here in front of you and share. How many guys are not able to ever come back home and share, or even turn their lives around, right? Because they didn't have that chance to turn it around. There's a lot. So I want to be that one that's doesn't blow this or doesn't f that up. You know. It's awesome, man. Yeah. I think what you said was great, man. It's, it slipped through a little bit because I interrupted, but you said it was a mistake. Yeah, it was, bro. And, and 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 a lot of people won't admit that. You know, they won't they won't admit like it was a mistake. You know, I I, I you know it, it shouldn't have happened that way. It and it's okay to say it did, but to say it made a mistake, I think that's huge for this generation. You know, I, I think it's huge to tell people and, and especially the kids like, hey, man. It's it's not all glorified. It ain't, bro. No, it ain't. I went to prison. It was hard. You know, it, I I almost died. You know, I I hurt people. They hurt me. 
you know, people I love died. You know, it, it's it's a lot of heartache in the in the whole mystique of big sleeves. You know, yeah. there's it's it's not it's not to be glor- yeah, I've glorified. A, I've suffered a lot, but uh, I feel good because I'm able to come into this next year and uh, my goal next year. One of the goals, right, is for me and Sick Jack and, and a couple guys from 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 the neighborhood, from both sides, you know, and, and uh, to be able to have an art night where both sides of Pico Union can come together. And Jack can bring some beats there. And uh, Immortal Technique was there with us, giving us game. He's been doing this where he comes from, you know. And uh, it would feel like a really good accomplishment to say, man, we got this place back to a neutral, neutral, you know, neutral um, zone where these kids can at least both sides can function and come benefit um, from an event that I put together. Um, Because this last big event, as big as it was, only one side of Pico Union was able to attend right and i had that feeling i'm like man how dope would it be for both sides to to be able to do it so i'm putting it out there on the podcast i know there's homies there watching go. um there's nothing wrong with saying it's it's not about us no more now it's what's what's up with the next generation right. you know everybody has kids and nephews and nieces how do we make something special for them you know we effed up a lot of decades of like i said a mistake that went down for 30 years of war just in that neighborhood for for things that are you know like wasting people's lives in jail bro like how can we or me that i'm out here do something better without saying like yeah the barrio and then still trying to say i'm positive like if i'm you can't double dip i feel like i'm mix right it it doesn't it gives it gives a mixed signal to kids it may yeah exactly i just said this like um a few days ago i'm like if you're glorifying it and, and then you're and you're at a certain status and you're doing some positive but you're still claiming or whatever like and that's okay if that's how you feel but the kids feel like man i could still do this negative or gangbang shit and then still make it big like you're double dipping right like they might not make it to that they think it's okay to do both and sometimes it doesn't work like that right they don't have the knowledge or the the life experience and all like shit if i go down this path there really is no way out bro you know right um you're not gonna Go join a gang and, and and acquire that status in the neighborhood, and then go and become a successful lawyer at the same time. Like it's one or the other, you know. And sometimes when you decide to, that you messed up and you want to go back, you can't, right? You can't make a U-turn sometimes and say, "Hey, I gotta go the other way," because you're already forty or fifty years old, on dope, on parole, whatever. Like all the things that 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 can happen happen, you know. So that's just a, a good positive message, bro. To it's good, man. Yeah, to put out there. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate you coming out. Yep, it was good, man. It was. We, me, and Cam do one last thing. Uh oh, one last thing. It's called the Street <laughs> Gospel Furious Five. Uh oh. We ask you Run five it. furious questions, sleeps. Do it. I'm right here. Let me pull this up, man. Hey, y'all so, put the pressure down. Uh, 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 a little, little pressure, li- man. Liquid death, bro. Get some liquid death there. Make sure, make sure you turn the label so they, they, they can they see at? it out there. Let's get right that there. sponsorship, that. man. Liquid death, big sleeps, collab. <laughs> I'll letter up the next can for you guys. That's bro. it, huh? Always working the angles there, bro. All right. Question number one for big sleeps on the street gospel, Furious Five. What made you... Get your own face on the back of your head. That that's a crazy one, but uh, I don't know. My mind was just at that place. I remember looking at that picture. Um, obviously, uh, I was I was on 
you know, a whole different mindset of saying, man, that would look dope on the back of my head, bro. I watch my own back. You know, a lot of yeah. crazy things going on. Just kind of like a message to all those backstabbers. Or like, just this way of just saying, like, if, even if, like, you're talking behind my back or you're going to backstab. Like, I just had this weird way of thinking that I just said, like, you know, you can't. But, but my mom fucking she's like don't i remember i was telling somebody i was gonna get it she's like please don't put that on the back of your head um and i actually got it and she ended up in the hospital right after so i remember i hit it every time i went to see her um she didn't get to see that she would have probably died sooner bro you know oh, wow yeah but there was no no specific i just had this thing where i'm like man like i'm just gonna put it on at that time i just felt like that's what i wanted to do but obviously at that time i wasn't thinking straight bro you know I, I I like the concept. Yeah, it definitely. That's what I always thought. Of, that 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 why lot, you got it. A lot of backstabbing, man. A lot of shit talking. A lot of crazy uh, <laughs> things in the, you know. Question number two on the Street Gospel Furious Five: When you were a little boy, what did young David want to be? Artist. An artist. That was artist, it. Artist, bro. Okay. From the from the beginning. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. Artist or rocks like a, I, my brother was a musician. You know, both of my brothers have a band. But uh, I remember coming home every day, eager to play the drums with my brother Sergio, man. Like, and I just thought like, that's all I did, bro. Just listen to uh, heavy metal and rock albums all the time, and just think about like music. That's dope. So a man. lot of people think, uh, you know, I listen to rap and all that, but I love I love rock, bro. I love Iron Maiden. I love Ozzy and Black Sabbath. Those are my those are my music of choice right there, bro. You know, not just Young Dolph and Cycle Round, bro. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of this, that was question number three. <laughs> Big Sleeves has a, a wide variety of music. So, question number three of the Street Gospel Furious Five. Migos uh, or Wu Tang Clan? Oh, Wu Tang, brother. All the way. Wu Tang. I was I was hoping because. Yeah. I think I've been around you a couple of times. You're busting Migos or or uh, I, I listen to so, everything. No, what bro. song were you on for a minute? There was a song you were on. For, was it Panda? Panda. Panda. Probably. <laughs> is that Migos? I don't know if that's me. Who is that, Kevin? I, I give you a huh? designer. Designer. Yeah. So I was I was laughing. I was like, because you were putting on your videos and Rick like, Ross. You know that. I mean, there's. Yeah. I remember the homies were getting annoyed because I was re- <laughs> had my stuff on. I'm a, I'm one of those guys that I'll go on repeat for a long. And All the time. Like, oh my god, not again, Norm. That was one of Norm's. He would go crazy with that, bro. But uh, I just give you a little insight. I was listening to those bookies yesterday, bro. There you go. A little think bit about, of everything. Think about that, bro. You know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, man. Question number four on the Street Gospel Furious Five: If Big Sleeps could go back and tell Young Sleeps before he got in trouble something, what would he tell him? That's a good one, man. Nah, man, there's, I can't even think of an answer for that one, bro. I'd Love probably it. just kick myself in the ass really hard. <laughs> Get your yeah. life straight. I know. You know what? I say that because I was just, I mean, I'm a stubborn individual. I felt like I eased up on that. But, you know, when, when I set my mind to something back then, I thought my brother, he went out of his way to try to instill that in me. I'm like, man, shut. Like, I just felt like I knew everything, right? And when I felt like that, like, I couldn't hear nothing else. So, when I try to think, I'm like, what would I tell myself? Because I know I wouldn't listen. So that's one of those contradictory things. <laughs> Maybe just a swift kick, bro. A with, beat down. some Stacey Adams, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. Last one, Sleeves. Street Gospel Furious 5. What is the best decision you ever made? And what is the worst decision you ever oh, made? Oh, man. Those are... I made too many, too many bad ones, bro. Um, I don't know that I could even t- tap on those. I've made... 
made too many bad ones to even tap like tap into, right? Um But but the best one was to you know just accept that I was done and not feel like I had to prove something to anybody. Like when I decided I'm gonna turn myself in here and never care about whatever whatever that came with, right? Like if the homies were gonna accept like I'm changing or not changing. I have a lot. I mean, my homies were childhood friends, so they, you know, we go beyond the, any gang culture or anything. But for me to say that's it, like, no excuses, no nothing, like, because because sometimes we could justify BS in our own heads. If we look for an excuse, we could always find an excuse to not change or like, or just keeping that same dumb mindset, right? Like that decision to listen to my gut and just say I'm gonna. I'm gonna go this route no matter what that is, you know what I mean, and uh, and never look back, and not ever like tap out, bro. Like as hard as things could get or whatever, not to ever let myself say, "Now nah, I'm just gonna go back to this." I know that that's not an option at all costs, no matter what. Like there is no, like I'll dust myself off a million times before I go back that way, bro. You know, nice and, and yeah. And the bad ones, I don't want to talk about them, but there's a, there's a lot of bad decisions, man, that I could rewind a hundred times, and that might never, not even be enough on bad decisions, bro, you know? Wow, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Any, anything you want to shout out before you head out of here? Liquid Dev, collab time. <laughs> Much love to everybody, man. I hope I shared some good stuff with everybody. I, I had this uh, really, really good year, and I just feel like keeping that positive mindset there's been a lot of obstacles man a lot of health issues a lot of everything but i always look past that and uh, stay focused on how god has aligned everything for me bro you know there's a lot of good in my life so i try to not look at the bad every day um and i'm just grateful for, for being here and just for being alive you know at the end of this year covid all the crazy things that have happened right. and we're still thriving bro we're living you know we have a roof over our heads and everything else it's, awesome, it's gonna bro. be a good year man Appreciate you, man. That'll conclude this episode of the Street Gospel Podcast with Big Sleeps. Check him out. He's everywhere. Buy some ink. Yeah, buy some (laughs) ink, man. Nah, man. Thank you, guys. All good. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. We out.